Thanks for reporting back to the hideout and welcome to episode 7. I'm your rebel host Tyler Soflo aka the guy that fucked up the first recording of this episode and decided that maybe sometimes I won't wear ripped jeans because <laughs> it gets a little hot and I sweat but the jacket stays for sure dude. Over here to my left is Raul Muniz <laughs> or Muniz if you have the Spanish accents. The chica over the The end. chica. The, the enye. This is the place to come to for a new way to follow the movement. Here, we will be talking about everything and anything in the parkour and free running world from concert reactions to updates, interviews, reviews, advice, and more. But we do it our way, so keep tuning in to see what that means. Today's task, we will be talking about fear and longevity. So, mm. before we get into the talking points, I'm going to briefly introduce Raul. I'm going to show a message from MoveMag. And one other snippet that he has no idea that I'm going to show, even from the first fucked up recording I had, he doesn't know what it's going to be. Okay. And then he's going to formally introduce himself with further information, and then we'll get right into fear and longevity. So, Raul has been training for 15 years, and he has been heavily involved in the Florida parkour and fearing community for that amount of time. He has been around since basically went since parkour started in Florida. So not only does he have a lot of experience, a lot of information, but he has a lot of advice in terms of longevity. He's basically very credible to talk about what we're talking about. But before we get into all of that and before he introduces himself, we have a message from Move Mag on Instagram. Oh wait, I want to hide this one from you. you I don't want you to see that. <laughs> I, I don't want to see the second one. I don't one. have a, a line of yeah, sight for okay. the laptop screen. So here we go. Oh, this is dope. This is from Move Mag. Yes. Peace, love, unity, having fun. That's the foundation of hip-hop. I believe that parkour is based on a foundation of peace, love, unity, and having fun also. You know what I'm saying? Becoming one with your environment. You know what I'm saying? Uh, learning to overcome obstacles in your daily life. You know, and using uh, the obstacles that are physical as a metaphor for the mental obstacles and the spiritual obstacles that we have to jump and we have to yeah, preach, Black Daniel Abaka, preach! <laughs> Black Daniel. I mean, honestly, this guy for president. Or this dude, guy for, like, president for the whole planet. For the whole, just, let's uh, or let's start off with the park community. Did you say Black then, Daniel Abaka? Dude, if you watch Choose Not to Fall, if you... If, if this guy <laughs> said, if this guy said, hey, man, you gotta choose not to fall, I'd be like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> you just gotta turn it into a song. He's, it's the hip-hop version of what Danny said in Choose Not to Fall. Big, uh, this guy and Kieran... Uh, Kieran from Jimmy the Giant, they should make a song together. Yeah, they should make a song together. It'd be so dope. Do it. <laughs> this, uh, do you know any? Because here's the thing: I just watched this and I decided to put it on the podcast, but I haven't looked further into it, like the read, which I should. Do you know any more of this guy? I, I unfortunately have not also done the read. Um, we should probably on, should. We should actually read it, but he is true. He is. He, he is true. He, I cannot grammar. He is truth. He is truth. He's very on point <laughs> with what he's saying, though. I 100, oh, 100%. agree with that. Yeah, 100. percent I mean, to the core, that's philosophy of parkour. Yes, 100. percent I mean, uh, some people might not agree, but hey. Well, then fuck them. <laughs> the, the, the link to read is in the Instagram post. So what we'll do is we'll put the Instagram link, the, the link to the post 
in the description of the podcast and whatever platform you're listening to. Um, but uh, it's amazing. I mean, he is 100% spot on. Yeah, I love it. Hip hop, man. Come on. Yeah. He says it with a smile on his face and everything. Yeah, bro. All right, moving on to something else fucking entirely. <laughs> Let's go ahead and get into this fuck. Hey, how many times are you going to do this? Bro, how many times are you going to go ahead and just like, hey, oh, do you see that bridge over there? And they're like, oh, no, God. cork boy, no. And he's no. like, no, yes. Something I have to do a cork pre. And then purposely, maybe, or accidentally, again, fall into the water. This happened again. Okay, look, here's the thing. I saw this and I was like, all right, you know what? I saw him do it a couple times. Like, let's give him, let's give the guy a break. He's really pushing himself. I haven't seen anybody do this. I saw him do the cork pre to a rail in Singapore during the Lions Gate. I don't know what it's called. Lions something. It's a Lion City Gathering. Lion City Gathering. Why did I say Lions Gate? Like it's a he fucking did a film. cork. He did a cork pre from a fr he did a cork like that was a couple inches above a rail, but the rail was perpendicular. It wasn't. It was like next to him, and then right. he was just like. Corked and landed, and then the drop to the left of the rail was like down. I saw it like not eight feet down, and then yeah, I was like, "How, the dude? <laughs> okay, look, here's the thing. He also tried to think to do a gainer full pre or something like that with Dom Tomatoes there. He was recording him. Oh. Ever since that day, Cork Boy was like, "I have all the confidence." And then he just started doing cork pre's everywhere, but he kept on falling. And then from there, people were starting to fall off that like, oh my God, this guy's pushing it crazy. And then when he started falling a lot, they were like, oh no, he's just fucking up and this is ridiculous. He's just falling. Hey, how about we watch this one? What? Is this the latest one? What's this? Oh my God, is that, what? Dude. Let go, cork boy! Oh, uh, oh, uh, what's he gonna do? Oh, oh, let go, cork boy, cork! Oh, no. Free? No. On a bridge again? Oh, Water! Front out! Oh! Let's no, try no, no, it again. On, let's watch on. it again. No, no, no. Hold on, bro. He's gonna go. Cork boy! He's Let's super go, excited once boy. again for the seventh time. He goes ahead and goes for the cork. Oh, and then right here, he was just like, well, shit. Oh, shit. Okay, wait, and wait, then wait. he just decided. Hold on, Raul. Oh my listen. god! <laughs> listen, hold on. Let's hold on. I want, I want to see it one more time. Look at the mud on his oh. shoes. He was like, oh my god, this was crazy. Sorry. I'm not. Wait. I, I got some now. I'm not goodbye. I have no pain. Hey. Wonderful. Let's. Okay. How about again? Real quick. This is what hey, he decided go, to do. Cork boy. He was like, Cork boy. Up, fall, and then, and then. Oh, shit. Okay. Oh! Okay, wait, 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 wait. Pa pa I gotta okay. pause this now. Pause it. Okay, okay, <laughs> listen. Okay. I. Enlighten me, Raul. Okay. He. I think okay, I'm I'm on the fence. I think what he's doing is awesome because he's pushing the fact that like okay, you could you could be very 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 precise with your corks. I mean, a lot of other athletes are doing cork precisions. Verki, Ed Scott, these guys are pushing cork precisions to the game. I mean, they're doing corks over gaps. Verki, I saw do like a, <coughs> I'm I think I saw Verki do like a double cork precision one time, and it blew my mind. But it's getting it's happening. People are doing it more and more and more. This guy's just trying to do them on like wait everything. <laughs> on every everything. bridge he sees, he just gets but, a heart okay. on. He's like, I got a cork pre it. But that last clip, it looked like he knew his weight was forward, so he's like, gotta send Suck the it. front flip. Yeah. But then the fact that he turned halfway and then took the water to the ribs, that's intense. That's what's whole, this one? Ow. Maybe this is the actual Cork boy, here we go, and then Oh my god, that's oh boy. But he's good. This guy's built for it tough. I'm doing it again. I'm doing it again. Just right here. And right one, two, three. 
Oh my gosh, you almost towel rack. Did you guys don't know what towel racking is? Yeah, <laughs> you ever throw a towel? If you ever throw a towel over a, a rack to dry, you know how it just yeah, folds? flops over. That's like that's when your body you when your body folds over a bar or a handrail. That's towel racking. Yeah. He almost he almost towel racked. That's painful. Is there another just one? Give me juice. No. Why are we? <laughs> why are Wait, because I want to keep on playing the song as he does it. And. Alright, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Let's just keep it real. Okay, that's that that was dope. That was dope. Here's the thing. What you're saying about Verky and all of them pushing their limits, I 100 percent agree. When I saw him doing the this guy right here, Corkboard, doing the gainer dub full pre with Dom or whatever, but he missed it like his heels clips, like, oh that's sketchy. He was doing he did a cork pre to a rail with height in the same that same day. I'm like, this guy's killing it. And then I saw him fall off of the bridge. And he like, remember how he like ping-ponged his way yeah, down like, yeah, from yeah, the yeah. okay when i saw that i was like oh okay he's kind of pushing it mm -hmm. then i kept seeing more and i was like this guy's a fucking meme then <laughs> this guy sees a bridge and then in his eyes he's just like oh this must happen and then his friends are like no no, no not again not again and he's like no i have to i have to and then he gets on top and then he cork prees and then as soon as he goes for the cork pre and then he misses it You know what I'm saying? Because but, but I love I love that he has to yell his name before he says it. He's like, "Hey, cock butt." He's made a name for himself by and saying his name. Yeah, he says it. Yeah, he, he does. The thing. Can you imagine if every time before you did a jump, you were like, "Tyler, cock <laughs> <laughs> break, no Fatsky." Oh yeah, yeah. They, they they'd probably be like, we're leaving this training session. We're, like, we're going right before you did everything. You just said so full movement before every move. Oh my god, it'd be like those old Chinese martial arts movies. It'd be like uh, crouching tiger, flying yeah. fist. People would and hate us would more than a, they already they do would now. Do a thing. What's up? I hate you. No, I love <laughs> you. <laughs> but here's what I'm saying is he pushed himself and all these things, but it's gotten to the point now where people who had his respect at the beginning, they've lost respect for him because of how many times he's continuously attempted these things and fallen into the water and then post them. I had an argument with uh, Kobe one time about it, and you know, he and I talked in terms of like It'd be different if he fell a couple times, but then posted the consistent ones, mm -hmm. and then maybe later on published the falls or whatever. But it's like, it's like, it's almost. It seems like he's utilizing them as like, yeah, a, it's, look at me. It's it's but like maybe he's uh, not doing that. What's the term? It's like clickbaity. It's like no, right. not clickbaity because that's like some. Uh, it's like fishing. It's right. like you're showing purposely your fails. Of you know, yeah. You you maybe I don't, it's a weird psychological thing going on. It's like he. He wants to show that what he's capable of, yet he's showing his fails and his like falls that right. literally could like really fuck him up. Like yeah. he could break ribs. He could, you know, dude, like bad things could happen. Right. Bad, bad things could happen. And I don't know. He, he's just showing these fails. But I mean, he's he's obviously talented and obviously yes. capable. But for some <clears throat> reason, he's choosing to show these cork precision fuck-ups and like dude come on man like maybe a little yeah yeah exactly good or bad publicity is still publicity this is true but still like maybe okay like i don't know because also at the same time there's this weird shit going on where people want to see people fucking up yeah i, I don't, don't know it's, it's like a, a little bit weird but then i don't know because they make it a joke out of it they're even like some the joke's cock boy yeah. Cock boy. Yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. all right dude yeah, like taking the, there yeah because here's the thing he's from a foreign country and i don't think he's the type of person that goes up to the because jokes aside i don't think he's the type of person to go up to a bridge and be like oh this is going to be another cork pre where i'm going to fall and people are going to love it and i'm going to get more views he seems too genuine and from like where he's at to be able to do that on purpose i actually genuinely think yeah. he really wants to cork pre all of these things yes. just that this is how it ends up every time and he, yeah and he's like hey uh, we he posted we filmed it so might as well post it right but people a lot of people from different countries and different cultures perceive it as like 
what's this asshole doing and why is he posting yeah. it so many times? Is he doing it on purpose? You know what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. But it's still like a little bit for me to the point to like make that soundboard joke or whatever <laughs> because it's happened so many times. Like you can't ignore that, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. But also there's so many athletes that will never try this. Yeah, no, I... Fuck. Yeah. I struggle All with... All the a, credit. Credit where credit is due. I still struggle with a basic cork figuring out how to land on my feet sometimes or not take it to the floor to the side right. of my hip. So I'm exactly. Like, how to take it to the level where you're like, you know, spotting for something super tiny, like a fucking handrail and oh, then God. land on it. I don't care how, what height you're on. That's, that's takes a lot of skill. Yeah. And he also did this 360 dive roll, uh, roof gap thing where everything turned out fine. Oh. And then right at the last second, it I saw, didn't. I saw that, that I saw that he could have like fallen off the roof. I'm trying it's, to find it's it somewhere. It's somewhere there. You got to, I don't know if man does he po- he posts a lot man he is he is dedicated as fuck and he's passionate too you could tell we're losing our listeners <laughs> I, I really hope not <laughs> no we're we're reviewing cork boy they're not they're not gonna go but anywhere. he's no but no no he 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 is very talented um I just think that all the all all the falls and all the fails I don't know I mean but he's he he's pushing himself he and I've seen his lines by you the gotta way. give him that he's pushing himself yes yeah, he's, he's sure like he's like hey credit you know what? do I still got. Here it is. I still got two arms, two legs, and I'm going to do it. I've seen him do his... I've seen him do runs without rooftops and all these crazy cork frees, and he's a good athlete. So this is him prepping it. I did not see this video. Dude, he is pushed. This is... this is put. He's pushing himself. It might, it might be a little bit intense, but he's going for it. Yeah, he's... He has, like, the, the line... A little loud, clothing sorry. like set up to measure the gap in the distance to see if he right. can make it. What? He X's out like he's in a competition. I love, I love he puts the X up. Yeah, yeah. he's like, oh shit, here we go. Line over. What? But then this happens though. I that right there happens, and I'm like. Fuck. I mean, he's 360 dive rolling on on something that's maybe four and a half feet wide. Right. It's not a very wide thing that he's trying to land on. It's not the rooftop that he originally was practicing on. It's a good, like, maybe four and a half size thick. Dude. That I mean, is insane. Listen, that part and, then, and then when he went for it, he slightly shifted to the left, which took him to that... Where when you roll, you're coming out onto like okay, either a drop or a roof. He didn't right. technically go perfectly straight. If he would have gone perfectly straight, it would have been yeah. great. We shifted a little bit. I think though that he did bail out pretty nice. I mean, he rolled uh, out and then he grabbed yeah, he, the yeah. roof so he didn't just completely fling off. No, he, he definitely like, saved himself. He back hooked it, yeah, which is good. And also, like it seems that like he just over her. Oh, he hyper focused on just the dive roll itself. Didn't take it to account the other part. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, he's like, oh shit, that. I could fall left or I could fall right. And then he right. fell, and then that just goes, plays into the how he falls on the court pre, and it's just like, okay, is he a really good athlete? You know what I mean? These people, it's just, it's up to perception. If you perceive this wrong, you're going to think this kid's an asshole, but he's not. Yeah. He generally does not look like a, like a, like a, like a douchebag guy or like a, no, he just no. looks like a guy who's trying to push himself and then has some fuck ups. It just has some fuck ups. All right, let's, let's just do two claps for Cork Boy real quick. Three, two, one. Fuck my. All right. Well, that's that on that. Raul. Munis, how are you doing, man? Hey, I'm chilling, man. We have to do this again, but it's okay. Let's not let's not bring that up again, <laughs> just because I know that I fucked it. Uh, but real quick though, if you can just let us know your age, once again, how long you've been training, your involvement in Florida, and just a really quick briefing on what got you into parkour and fearing, that'd be the tits. <clears throat> okay. 
hit me with it. All right, so my name is Raul Muniz. Uh, I said my, did I say my last Muniz? Yes, I said it right. There you go. Some people just say Muniz. Kids call me Gaywood in seventh grade. <laughs> my teacher in elementary school would call me Paul. I'm like, listen, there's a chicka leg on the R. It's Raul. I mean, it's not Paul. Let's not, let's not bring up or just, past or, traumas. Or, 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 don't, or don't say, don't say Raul, too. Come on. Raul, that is just Raul. lazy. Yeah. yeah, just don't. Yeah. That's Raul. Ra- Ralph. All right. From Ed and Eddie. Anyways. Yeah, so my name is Raul Muniz. Uh, I'm 31 years old. Holy. It still shocks me when I say that. I'm like, really? When yeah. you say it out loud, you're like. Ugh. Yeah, like, holy shit. What? Because I, I, I'm 31, technically, number-wise. Right. I've been alive for that many years. But here's the thing. I, but, I, I, will, could, I will always say this where mm. people should be hearing this. Like, for example, I work with, I, I used to work with uh, Gabe Sage, who yeah. uh, runs Mission Move. Mm. He's a, I, I believe he's 43 now. What? What? 43, 44-year-old uh, retired rescue swimmer who mm. actually trains parkour outside, healthily, safely, no injuries. Mm. And I look at him like, you don't act or look a day older than that. It just, you, like 30, a day older. Like yeah, yeah, he's really, man, yeah. 30, so for yeah. you, you don't act or perform at that. You are like act and perform younger than that i mean you very much keep yourself up to date and you keep yourself healthy so that age thing to me when i see you train like how we were training yesterday when i see you train your age in my head goes out the fucking window it just it makes cool no difference awesome but anyway so your age so yeah so i'm 31 um i've been training parkour for about 15 years now i started back in 2005 i was a sophomore in high school essentially Really, some re- summation of my story, uh, like how I started, was uh, I have a very extensive like martial arts background, and I had a really close friend of mine, Ralph, who one day called my house. He called me, "Hey, is Raul home?" And my mom's like, "Yeah." So my mom's like, "Hey, Ralph's on the Ralph's on the phone," and I was like, "Okay." And he tells me, "Hey, you need to get on your bike right now. <laughs> I, Hop on that shit right yeah, now. <laughs> get on your bike and come over to my house right now. You need to see this video." And I was like. Okay, I'm there. Okay. I, I didn't really know. I, I was just like, okay. And he's like, you got to see this video. This is guy doing some crazy shit, and we, I, we got to come see this video. And so I got on my bike. I went over to his house. He lived down the road from me. I went over to his house, and on his computer, his old, fucking Windows ninety, Windows ninety eight, like box box. It was like a house. Oh my God. Uh, and it and his computer setup was in his garage too, which is pretty dope. Um, you go in this garage, and he's got he's like he's like there. I felt like I was pulling up to like a bat cave because like <laughs> like I was back because when I rolled up on my bicycle, his garage door is open. He's sitting in the in the computer chair and he has his, like, his hands together like this and his fingers and he's just looking at me. He's like with a smile. And and then as soon as I pulled up and he sees me, he just goes, go on. Like, like, like. So it starts like, off serious, but then it's just yeah, like, come like, over here. I'll always kill you. So then I, I go in and he has this video of the OG master himself, David Bell, pretty much the founder and creator of the parkour movement of parkour. I don't know. There's people doing parkour before him, like his family and lineage. Yeah, yeah he but gave it the he name. He pretty though. much was like, "Listen, we need to show this to the world." Yeah, he founded the name, really. Yeah, so it's all, it's in Max Henry's. Oh yeah, there you go. So it's in Max par- Henry's book, the Parkour Roadmap, written by our uh, awesome homie friend Max Henry. He's been training parkour for a long time. He's very yeah. powerful. He like toured around the U.S. In front of the screen. Uh, he yeah. toured around the U.S. in his van, and he talked to a lot of athletes around the community, and even talked to athletes like you know overseas to get information to write this book. And the whole first like chapter of this book, 
um, is pretty much a brief history of parkour. So it tells you everything in there of where it yeah. came from, David Bill's family, their lineage, everything. If you were the younger generation that have absolutely no idea or the details of how parkour started, where it came from, and who was doing it first, read that book. Parkour Roadmap. Put the link in the description. But anyway, you were watching David Bell in your buddy's garage, Ralph, <laughs> yeah. in his Batcave computer. Just like, <laughs> do you know what I've come across? <laughs> yeah, pretty much I've so. come across some magic, yeah? <laughs> the video was uh, that old school video of David Bell called Speed Airman. He's like meditating. There's like light coming out of his chest. And there's like weird like, Dude, I can't like, like Arabic, like flute That's music. Right. Like, yeah. And he was, he was like, I wasn't he was doing like, like, like Tai Chi yeah. too. No, he was like, he was like, yeah, he was harnessing his chi and it was like becoming light. Oh my and God. he was like in a, in a prison cell. Or something, something dark. Something in a and yeah. there was like somebody like clanking like metal in the background. I don't know. Anyways, but of course, the video starts and he's jumping and he's running up and down these stairs and he's jumping over these rails and he's fucking doing these underbars and jumping over walls and they're kind of big jumps. He's taking some solid like impact and I was like, what the fuck is this? This is amazing. I'm like a sophomore in high school and I'm like, what? I've never seen anybody do this in my life. Well, quick question. Before you saw this video, Speed Air Man, were mm. you already a high schooler that was very much invested in like comics and an not anime, but like, yes, like comics and superhero stuff, like becoming more like you had like this little like definitely motivation to become something more like, oh, I have yeah, bro. Power. I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm Robin. I, I feel right. I feel like a lot of the people that started parkour, even back in 05. Yeah. Or when I started in, in 2011, already had this like preset like kind of geek nerd in us that we were just nerds, bro. Yeah, and we wanted we to physically perform that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had a background, of course, of like reading comics and especially DC comics with like Robin and Nightwing and Batman and all those acrobatic right. moves. So when I saw this guy, I was like, "This dude's a living comic book superhero." So right. then, essentially, saw this video and I and he was like, "We have to try this stuff." So we he has garage door open. We went outside. He had these little like little tiny small like five inches off the ground little concrete walls that prevented you to drive off the driveway into this little like storm ditch in front of his house and we just started like practicing little jumps and like <laughs> cartwheel off this or like maybe like jump off the thing into the grass and figuring out how to do the roll and, and it was awesome it was it was that's how pretty much how i started and then by watching speed <coughs> airman and copying what he did outside copying, literally copying just seeing what he was doing and copying it and this is back when like youtube was on the internet for maybe one year Right, YouTube like was YouTube a baby. YouTube was a thing. Like it was, it, it just become a thing. Like nobody yeah. even, I, I didn't know what the internet was. <laughs> I thought <laughs> I, was I thought porn was uploaded to YouTube when I was a kid, man. I'm sorry. And then I realized it wasn't. And then I started watching fingerboarding videos. And then I learned how to fingerboard while you were learning par while you were learning parkour. I was learning how to flip a fucking deck with my fingers. Man, look at this kickflip. And then five years after that is what I picked up on parkour. That's wow, sick. that's crazy, actually. Well, no, six years after that. Oh, shit. That's nuts, dude. Um. So, yeah. So, and then I'm from this really weird generation where, where we had these things called portable DVD players. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, so, hold on. Essentially. Yeah, explain it. Okay. It's a little tiny mini, like, computer, which, without computing power. <laughs> it's essentially, you put a DVD. <laughs> you put a DVD. Not the computer part. Yeah, it's a computer with a, with a screen without a calculator, essentially. Yeah. In, like, Microsoft Word or... or iMovie. It's a or, mini laptop and where the keyboard would be, what would go in there? So where the keyboard is is where a little lid opens and you put the DVD in. Yep. You close the lid and then there's already the screen popped open. It's battery powered so it's portable. Hence, portable DVD player. Right. And you could play DVDs, like movies that you would create. Movies, yeah. So essentially what Ralph and I decided to do was Ralph had a DVD burner at, in his computer. A, a burner. <laughs> he could like get movies and like burn them on this blank DVD. And so we compiled, we figured, we found out who like three run was. And that was like, 
oh my god, what the fuck was that? That was a palm flip. You found three run on YouTube. Yes. Like, because they were at the same time that Spirit Airman came out. 3Run was on YouTube in, like, 2005. Yeah, with their minute-and-a-half tutorials. I know we talked about this the first time around, but I need to bring it up again. 3Run at the time came up with tutorials, and they were like, oh, we found a way where people can learn a palm flip in about a minute. And everybody else was like, I don't think that's possible, Sam. And they're like, watch me. All right, everybody, welcome to 3Run. I'm here to teach you how to palm flip. First step, you can put your hands on the wall. Second step, you're going to rotate. Third step, you're going to land on defeat. That's it for everybody. Next week, we'll do another tutorial. We're going to learn how to double full in five seconds. Pretty much. What I the mean fuck was up with those tutorials? <laughs> <laughs> and you watched those and you were like, oh my God. Wait, no, you watched those tutorials. You saw palm flip. What was that like? Okay, when I saw the palm flip, I said, I will never be able to do that. My mind was like, listen. It was like a God listen, move. That was a God move. And I was like, I don't know how that's actually possible. So I like convinced myself somehow I can't do the impossible. And I was like, what the fuck? And then they were doing like all kinds of crazy shit. I mean, three run at that time yeah. was definitely revolutionizing like free running, like the, the the ability of doing tumbling and gymnastics and flips outside on the in, in on concrete. So they were definitely... Because I didn't see David Bell doing that shit and anybody else. So I was like, whoa. And like the Yamakasi, which is like the old school team. Like the right? OG team. OG team. Created. Sebastian Foucault, you know, Yohan V. Gru and all those guys. That They were doing what 3Run was doing. So I was like, uh, oh my God. Right. So essentially, Ralph and I got a bunch of old 3Run videos, man. Like the Red Pill and Two Brothers where it was chasing Cole. And we put them on this DVD, created a little interactive menu. And then we essentially were like... Mom, could you drive us downtown and just drop us off <laughs> and just leave us there? Trust me, we'll be safe. Yeah, I yeah. swear. And so, <laughs> yeah. And so we would go downtown. We'd spend about a couple hours with this portable DVD player. I would have a fuck ton of batteries in my backpack so I could keep the DVD player running. Whoa! I see and what you're then, saying now. And then we would watch these videos, like how you did in the garage. Yes. But and then we would literally just hit pause and frame by frame and just watch how these people were doing some stuff. These guys. <laughs> you mean and like just recreate? Yeah. Da, 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 you know, Fosky still does that. Even though we have the technology to scroll, he was still on my laptop and he went double space bar. And I was looking at him, I was like, you know, you can just fucking scroll, right? Sorry, 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 Dad, our Lord, Lord, fa sorry, this father. Is our, our number one supporter, our father. I've only met him once. Papa Foss. So you would basically do the 2.0 version of what you do in the garage at Ralph's house, but house, but now in downtown with a portable DVD player, and now you and yeah, we would just be pausing it and like looking at it frame by frame to learn, and that was how we essentially taught ourselves self-taught how to man. do these moves because. Yeah, there was tutorials, but the tutorials that we were finding were like tutorials on high-level acrobatics. There weren't any tutorials at that time. It wasn't of really like, like detailed free-running flips. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, they were fucking intense. And but there weren't any tutorials of like certain vaults. So essentially, we were just it was like watch and right. mimic, watch and mimic, and, watch and mimic. And now there's <clears throat> coaches and gyms. Yeah. Whereas yeah, before, the only way to teach yourself was to do what you did. That's insane. And yeah. then also at the time, palm flips were like an insane move. Whereas now, Way palm flip level. is like a basic ass move. The lawn maintenance guys are fucking up the recording. They're literally, they're literally blowing. They're. The, your, I'm gonna your, look at this fucker right now. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, stop that shit. He went away. He went he away. Worked. Wow, that worked. He heard me through the sliding glass door. It was, like a, it was like a rain dance. Yeah. The, <laughs> <laughs> the rain dance Dude. that makes the rain stop. You just said, hey, go away. And the long <laughs> and guy it, went and away. He, and he was like, he like hears it in his ears. He's just like, oh, it seems that they're recording a parkour podcast. I must leave. Water is God. Water is God. Oh, Jesus. Anyway, I what? just...
What? I should probably not keep repeating what you said. I just repeated what you said without so, thinking. So, okay. So, yeah. So, essentially, <laughs> that's how I learned and started parkour was just by watching videos. And that's how you got into parkour. And yeah. 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 And um, just old, watching old videos, man. Having a good background of martial arts kind of definitely helped. I felt like I had a solid understanding of coordination. So, so yeah. It was kind of – it wasn't hard to pick up, but it was definitely it – was, it was fun and it was challenging. It was definitely challenging trying to do, like, the higher level higher, – higher Higher, higher level moves like right. for me higher level would have been like okay a kong to precision no sorry a basic kong was pretty higher level because like i couldn't figure out for the longest time how to do a split step the, yeah the, the, the two foot takeoff yeah, sometimes it takes people like a, a if they learn how to punch first i was punch i was punch konging for the which you should time. not do ever i was punch konging for i was punch konging for a long 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 time for years until because there was no tutor tutorials yet so and then essentially one day i was just training with some of the local athletes here in Florida, or AKA Danny Arroyo, Daniel Arroyo, Daniel Arroyo. out of Tampa, Florida. This guy is Papa one Arroyo. of the Papa Arroyo, man. This dude's good friend of mine, good friend of us, and he is uh, a powerhouse. This dude has been yeah. doing parkour for for same amount of time as me, maybe no, sixteen years, and he's, I mean, he was on MTV's Ultimate Parkour Challenge, which was like the thing that got a lot of people actually into parkour after they saw that thing on MTV in By WFPF, 2010 yeah. or mm -hmm. something like that. And it was a, 2009 and it was amazing. And then, um, yeah, one day we were just training at USF and, and we were training in the pit and Danny, I was doing my punch Kong. Oh, was God. Like, this was like nine years ago, I think. And Danny was like, what are you doing? <laughs> and I was I'm trying to do what this Kong. What are you doing? And I was already aware of who he was, but yeah. he's like, well, yeah, what are you doing? Dude? And I'm like, I'm just trying to do this Kong. He's like, no, 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 This is supposed bullshit. to take off like this. And he showed me how to do my feet. And then I was like, from there, yeah. Ah, ding. And that's, and obviously this is further into your Florida community training journey. Like yeah, you started off. Yeah, i already been training for like a couple of years. Here's like, the thing. Like you just explained to us, that was your pretty much initial start in parkour with Ralph. It was just you and Ralph. And then over the Ralph. years, you began to train with a Florida parkour community. Yes. So in brief, let's just transition right into that. What is FLPK? Eh. Eh. Okay, so FLPK. Holy, we're going back in yeah. time. Because I just want to I just want to show beep, people. Beep, 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 you want some bang, beep, dude? You want Radical Skedaddle? Okay. This one tastes... No, I actually... I love watching Raul uh, try bang stuff because he's... As we're going to get into longevity, he's a health nut and he likes, you know natural things in its natural form aka caffeine would be coffee bean but you know bang or likes tea, to tea. bang likes to fuck it up a little bit so this one raul i've had him try a couple ones and his face is layers this one is uh <laughs> radical skedaddle and it tastes like skittles go ahead and have a go shall um, we i don't want the coronavirus so i'm just gonna chill i'm just kidding <laughs> i don't you don't have it uh no i've radical skedaddle Radical skedaddle. It's not even with an I. It should be skedaddle, like a skittle. Julian right? actually had a fit that it didn't rhyme. <laughs> yeah, yes. I agree with Papa Julian. Everyone's our dad, apparently. Everyone's Papa. Every, Papa, every, Papa. Yeah, everyone's Papa, yeah. Oh, here we go. That's fucking ridiculously sweet. <laughs> I just got diabetes right now. <laughs> it has no sugars, it says. I, does anybody have any uh, insulin pump like, yeah. right now? I just... You. Now I can't finish my coffee, dude. Doesn't that taste like Skittles Damn though? Yeah. Or I mean, what does it, it taste like to you, honestly? It doesn't. Have, you don't have to agree with it me. It tastes like a Skittle, like 
fucking had it in with a Tic Tacs and then like whatever came out of that, like a Skittle Tic Tac combo. They, they fucked and then they came out with you Radical it, Skedaddle. Radical Skedaddle. Instead of Radical Skedaddle. What would you say would you rhyme it? Radical Skedaddle. Listen, if you're trying to make it after Skittles, what's Skittles? It's an I. So Radical Skedaddle. Hmm. But it's bang. So I, I can't really put it past them. I don't <laughs> know. Shit. But anyway, I wanted to show people... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Ra- one of Raul's goals is to constantly lay out some dad puns or dad jokes, rather. I'm old enough. I could do it. I'm 31, man. I love dad jokes. They're just like simple. They are and quite they, funny. And they work. Hey, uh, I'm not qualified, but I'm just going to try it anyway. What's right. a cow with no legs? What's a cow with no legs? Ground beef. Ah! <laughs> oh, I'm stopping this podcast now. We just. I, 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 asked, I asked my mom to say a couple words at my graduation, and she just decided to say one word, and she said plethora. And I was like, thanks, that means a lot. <laughs> That's so stupid, but I love it. <laughs> well, thanks, that means, that means a lot. Oh, fuck these jokes. Everyone literally, if you thought they got lost with the Corkboy stuff, they left for sure now. Oh, yeah. If you're still here, you're a trooper. See you later. Uh, so basically i want to give people uh, an insight on your involvement with florida's parkour community because that's how i introduced you so that that best way to explain that is you describing what flpk is what it had and how long it lasted okay so fllpk was essentially started on myspace way back in the day good god Um, myspace i probably should have researched all this so that i was nothing was wrong no that's all good you know fuck it whatever dude it's fucking dead. fuck (laughs) them nobody uses it Okay, so so FLPK uh, started on MySpace. What essentially what it was is it was an idea to bring the entire Florida parkour community together. Anyone who was training parkour in the state of Florida could hop on this page on FLPK on MySpace Mm -hmm. and essentially find people who were training parkour in the state of Florida. And um, I'm gonna try to find out while you talk. Every count. So Florida has separated into counties, um, and the idea was to have a community so large that every county would have like kind of like a rep like a representative we called them delegates we tried to be all like weird so like all like, each florida you know, county had a delegate each 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 county in florida had a delegate or a representative right um it was started back in the day back in like 2000 and i'm gonna say 2008 2000 and yeah 2009 it was kind of the idea of like hey Let's get everybody on this thing. Okay. And, um, we'll show this later. Yeah, cool. And it was started by this guy, Tom Coppola, and some other people Tom. helped him out. Tom, Tom Jumps on Instagram. He lives over out in Vancouver now. <clears throat> Tom, if you're listening, I'm that fucker that uh, completely embarrassed himself at Urban Ninja when you guys did the qualifying round for NAPC. Anyway, continue. <laughs> Tom is amazing. He's, a, he's an awesome guy. We had like a going away jam for him called the Tom Jam here in Florida for him when he moved to Vancouver. Um, and... He reached out to me because I was one of the only guys in Sarasota County, which is where I grew up with Sarasota. Um, and he was like, uh, would you want to be the delegate of Sarasota County? And I was like, okay, <laughs> sure. Sure. I don't know what this is. <laughs> I don't know what this is. So essentially, um, I was the delegate of Sarasota County and it was my job to like anybody was coming through Sarasota and they wanted to train parkour and they wanted to like find spots or needed a place to stay that was okay with my parents because I was in high school. Oh <laughs> like, my Lord. I was, no, I was out of high school. I was in college. But essentially the idea was like, 
they could stay at your place, right? They could, they could, you could house each other just like we do every day nowadays in parkour. Um, and there was like a deeper idea of like, okay, let's have like a, like a jam, like a jam in every single County of Florida, like every month or every couple months. And we'd have like the Sarasota jam and the Miami Dade County jam and like the Orlando area County jam. And then we would all in Florida go to these counties to meet all each other and to build like a giant network of FLPK. So there was one massive FLPK page that transferred from MySpace to Facebook. Yes. And then that big-ass page had all of the delegates from each county in there, I'm assuming, to talk. Yes. And then each delegate, each county had its own page had its and- own page where a delegate ran where the community <clears throat> within there would talk to each other. Right. And then the idea was to basically have a jam in each county. Yeah. So here I see FLPK West Palm, FLPK Gainesville Parkour. These are the, these are the pages for those yeah, counties dude. at the time? Those are the ones. These are it right here. Those are the ones. Those are, those are the pages. That's fucking crazy. They're still up. I had no no idea. Yeah, Honestly, dude. FLPK kind of like stopped being used as a thing back in like about oh. 2000 and I'm going to say like 2012, 2000 and something. Um, people still post to them on Facebook, but I don't think any... To, in my opinion as you say that i read this post is this page still active does any still train with the gainesville area or has covid put a damper on that for the time being homeboy uh there was a damper on the flpk gainesville page way before covid yeah ah! back in back in back in the teens but i'm i'm saying that as if it's like it, as if flpk was a shit idea that's not what happened the reason no, no, why no, i dissipated no. was because why it's actually a great idea <laughs> Uh, it, yeah, it's an amazing idea. It kind of, in my opinion, it kind of dissipated because there was like more outlets of communication. So there was like Instagram chats and then like Facebook, you know, group chats. And it kind of, people have said it before, like other teams have said it, like other parkour teams in the, in the world have said it, like group chats can be sh- shit. They like, can be, yeah. Group chats with more than 10 people that you train with. 10 can be even a fucking high number still. Like, One God person can da- be annoying as fuck if they do it, right? <laughs> <laughs> Which will cause you to leave the chat. Which will cause you to be like, Hence I'm me, out. I have left a recent group chat and yeah. I'm not looking back. It's all, but that, anyways, it's, it's not because they're annoying, it's just because no, no, no. of a personal preference for yourself. Oh no, they could definitely be fucking annoying, especially when you have the person on the group chat who says they want to train parkour and they don't fucking respond or even show up to any training sessions. Oh, I can say names, man, but I'm not going to. Anyways, so so yeah, essentially... Que brutal! Listen, I, I, I... Hey, man, that's all good. Okay, so... there, the, I love having these opinions on stuff like that because yes. everybody within a parkour community has their own opinions on stuff and how they operate. However, it's still... No matter what, you'll still come together and train anyway because you're there for the same reason. Exactly. However, the little type, the little type technical things that to deal with in order to train will differ from person to person. Some people love group chats. Some people like yourself yeah. would rather just talk to somebody personally, and if other people tag along, then great. No, that's the thing is, I actually like group chats. Oh, okay. But I like group chats when people actually fucking train. Oh, and they say it when they're going yes, to go do it. Like, and that's it. And that's it. Okay, or like, I see. So you know, simplistic more. Yeah. yeah. Or, or they make up a lot of excuses. It's ex- Oh, like, hey, I want to train. And then, boom, here comes like three excuses. And you're like, right. listen, why are you on this group chat? Right. Anyway, so yep. that's, a, that's a deviation. I think FLPK ended up not being used so popularly and didn't work so much in the end is because things like group chats started happening. Also, you find a group of people that you end up training with, mm-hmm. and those are the people that you train with. What? If my toe. <laughs> oh, 
Raul touched my big toe. I'm playing footsies. <laughs> anyway, we're really close to each other. This is like a thing. Like, like yeah. face to face. We're I mean, it is the hideout. We're in a corner. And our feet. I'm broke. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Aren't we all? Aren't we all? Coronavirus. Anyways, so um, technology advanced, and that's what kind of dissipated the concept behind FLPK on Facebook. Like they didn't. It was kind of to the point where like that type of intricacy of so many Facebook pages became uh, unnecessary. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because um, also, I think also the community ends up actually getting so close. Mm. Everyone actually knows everybody. Everybody, and I'm like, I know who trains in that area, and I and whatever. And if somebody new shows up. It's because they literally f- wanted to find how to do parkour and they were like out training by themselves and then they like found us. Right. Like, example, uh, Josh Hill, our good friend Josh Hill out of Sarasota, Florida. Sarasota. Shout out to you, Josh Hill. Be on um, this podcast soon. I love you, bro. Uh, so one day, myself, Jesse, Adam, and a friend of, our, a friend of ours, Bobby, were all training out in Sarasota because we had met each other through like FLPK and also through like the uh, open gyms at the YMCA. So there are already people training parkour, right? Then we're out training one day at a spot and across the street, here comes this goofy ass fucking surfer boy with dreads <laughs> running across the street, like literally in sandals and a board short. And he's like, he's running and he's like, as he's running, he's like waving at us and he's got his hands up. Hey, he's, like, yeah. he's like, hey, you guys. Right, yeah, yeah, and yeah. he's running toward us and we're all just like, look at this dude. We're like, what the fuck's about to happen? And, and he's running. He's like, are you, <laughs> are you guys training parkour? And we're like, yeah. Wow, the excitement. And he's, and he's like, he's like, oh my god, I didn't know anybody else trained this in this area. Right. I didn't. I didn't know. I, I thought I was the only one. Right. That happened a lot back then, didn't right? it? Right. So yeah. So this was about two thousand and like two thousand and I'm gonna say two thousand and eleven. That's that's a lot of that right. happened. So, then. Yeah. So I didn't know anybody trained this and and whatever. So then we got his information, and then he's like, I'm like, yeah, we've been training this for a few years out here, and, and right. Um. He was like, oh my God, I you know I've been training like Ninja Warrior obstacle course stuff and I've been dabbling in parkour and I've been wanting to get more into it and I've been training like on my own. And so he saw us and he trained with us and then that's how he became part of the community. So like people were getting into parkour who weren't even looking for it through like FLPK and those, those right. outlets. They were just had an interest and they saw us out training. And then, but then mean, yeah, no, yeah but then the creation of like very tight knit group chats, like you guys, SoFlo have your group chats where it's just you, Tony, Tyler, it's Julian, just the team. Yeah. yeah Brandon and Julio and those guys, and it's just the team, and you guys train with each other. And you guys are also part of, like, you know, larger group chats, you know, North Florida and South Florida, but I feel like even tighter clicks, I mm-hmm. guess, little yeah. crews formed, and it's like, this is who we're going to train with, and this is who we enjoy spending our time, time with. with. Because training will be productive with It'll these people. It'll be productive, exactly. Yeah. And that's where that's what happens is, like, you lose productive training sessions in these massive fucking group chats with people. <clears throat> right, and I also think that... Be- uh, because if you find a, somebody that you fucking train with and it's really, really well, yeah, just stay, train with them. That's a huge reason why FLPK dissipated. And by the way, this is a lot of insight, good insight for those of you that are training in Florida now as a newer generation or for those of you that are in a different state and listening, uh, which, by the way, thank you. And you don't know much about the past of uh, Florida parkour. Um, this That was basically a briefing right there. And for those of you that listened to episode one of our podcast and heard about social movement starting, that's what happened before social movement started. Before these tight-knit groups that Raul was mentioning, there was FLPK. And that was a huge reason as to why I dissipated. I also think another reason why I dissipated really quickly is because the amount of people that were training started to stop training. And the ones that actually were very passionate, like yourself, that really took it seriously and had a lot of fun, 
stayed and then so the numbers got smaller exactly. and big group chats like that on Facebook weren't needed. Yeah, that's a really good point. And that's exactly how it, you know what I mean? Like basically yeah. there was like this huge wave of everyone wanting to start parkour in Florida because they and wanted to be like, like their anime characters. They want to be a superhero. Yeah, everyone's going to try. Everyone's going to try. There's gyms and that. And then <clears throat> as shit started getting serious and it got harder, they're like, uh, maybe not so much. And then it started to weed out. And then the serious yeah. ones that really love it stayed. And of then course. so the groups got smaller. Therefore, Facebook chats like, FLPK pages yeah. delegates are needed, yeah. but your connection to FLPK in the Florida community for this many years is because you were the delegate of Sarasota. Mm -hmm. Boom! There's the briefing on Raul <laughs> and the Florida community. By the way, yeah, and pre SoFlo, pre SoFlo, um, which was a big deal. B and BSF, yeah, B before SoFlo, B before SoFlo, which I made a very big deal out of making sure I knew a lot of this information, um, because I don't want to look like some dickhead that doesn't want to know anything in the past of yeah. the community I mean, I, and i'm just i'm i'm starting a new thing no you have to know everything that happened yeah honestly i'm not sitting here saying that i know the exact dates i could be way the fuck off oh, and then uh, and then everyone's gonna be like this dude's a dumbass he they got it all wrong but you know what listen listen yeah. i don't fucking care <laughs> i didn't look into the dates so i know that it started around this time and it ended kind of around this time yeah say you're say you're saying that you like saying on this podcast yeah, fuck him. Fuck. <laughs> Be, but um, here's the thing. That's that's a little. It's more more important aspect of that is you were at the very beginning. Yeah, that's yeah. what I care about, and that's why you're credible to talk about it. So sweet. With that being said, let's move right into fear. Raul, you have a background in MMA. Yes. Real quick, talk about the fear aspect in MMA and how it translates into parkour, so you can not yeah. only express your information, but also how you're credible in talking about fear and your cool. perspective of it. Okay, so really quick, I started martial arts when I was six years old. It started, of course, with Taekwondo, as many other young kids started. Parents right. want to put them in Taekwondo or karate or whatever. Um, that kind of Taekwondo went went into more like kickboxing and I really found a passion in kickboxing and then that went into more uh, other martial arts. I enjoyed like judo. Wrestling is awesome. I started doing a little bit of like freestyle wrestling in high school a little bit and then I did, you know, some Brazilian jiu-jitsu grappling and then that went into capoeira which is more of like an acrobatic dance martial art out of Brazil. Um, and then of course that just dabbled into more and more and more martial arts, like combative martial arts. Right. Uh, Muay Thai kickboxing all kinds of things. So essentially, I ended up, you know, getting into MMA, which is the culmination of all those martial arts. Put it all together, as you guys know, the UFC and fighting and cage fighting. That's been around for fucking years. Everybody knows what MMA is by this point in time. Um, I got into MMA, fought MMA uh, amateur and professional for about five years total. Um, after you know all the years of my training. Um, now fear. Oh, fuck me. Anyway. <laughs> when you're about to fight oh someone. Oh, my God. Yes. So, okay. Oh, fucking fear. If you can brief it as far as... Dude, okay. Just mention the things that feel similar to parkour and begin by telling it through MMA. Okay, so demons. That's like the one word I can say. Right, that, that's right. That, that translates over to almost all things, aspects in life, especially in parkour. It's demons. Yes. So, essentially, in with any kind of combative martial arts where you're inside of a fucking controlled environment with another opponent who's also been training their ass off for that fight, right? You will spend time training for this opponent and you you might watch this opponent and see what they're capable of doing from past footage of their fights. And you'll just be watching this shit and you'll be watching it with your coaches and you're like, the coach will be like, you see what he did there? You see what he did there? You see how he moved? You see how he defended that? You see that? And you're just like studying 
visually what this guy's doing. Right. Then it's time to go to work. Then you have what's called a training camp, which is like you're prepping for this fight. Um, oh my God. And you're just in this pr- training camp prepping for this fight. You're like, you know, you're, you're, you're lifting weights. You're, you're trying to build up the muscular strength, endurance, your cardio. You're, you're training, you're training the techniques, and you're training, and training, 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 training. And then you get to the day of the fight. And the night before, you're freaking out because you're about to go into a fight where somebody could bash your fucking brains in. Oh right? my God, dude. That's. Or break a limb or something like that. So then you. I'm such a pussy. You, <laughs> Sorry. It's okay, Brian. Thank you. Anyways, so you get to the day of the fight, and then you get to the location of the fight, and you weigh in and all the shit. Oh, no, you weigh in and are usually there before. You get to the fight. A medic runs your... This is what's fucking crazy, too. I didn't, I didn't mention this before, but when you go... When you're about to fight, there's a, a medic that takes your vitals, like your your pulse. What the hell? Your, your temperature. Yeah, he reads your, your temperature, your pulse. Um, a lot of times, I also read your blood pressure. They put a cuff on your arm. They read your blood pressure to see how you, see how you are. That's a fucking ruse. They're not doing that to take your actual physical vitals. That's a fucking psychological ploy. Really? And this is how it works. If the medic is sitting there, the doctor, and he's like, hey, son, how you feeling? And you're like, first of all, I'm not your son. So <laughs> if you say, hey, how you feeling, man? How you feeling? You ready? And you're like, I'm fucking ready to go right now. Like, I'm ready to do this. I'm, I'm ready. Let's do this now. He goes, cool. And then he goes, yep, he's cleared. All vitals are fine. Your vitals are most of the time not fine. You're sitting there. You probably just got done warming up for the fight, and your heart is probably racing at about 70 to 80 beats per minute. This is insane. There and you're breathing, and you're like, you're probably already sweating, hence just warmed up before the fight that you're about to get into. And the medic asks you, are you okay? You know, how are you doing? And you're like, I'm fucking ready to go. Now, this is where it gets funny. If the medic asks you, are you okay? And you're like, yeah, I'm good, I'm good. Um, I fucked up my shoulder or something on my back, and it's feeling a little tight, but, but I think I'm good. The medic will sometimes will be like, he's having some issues. We got to pull him from the fight. He's not, uh, he's, uh, yeah. And the medic sometimes will just make up some bullshit and be like, yeah, no, his vitals didn't read right or something. What or, the hell? Yeah. Cause you weren't mentally fucking ready for a oh, fight. Oh, I see what you're, uh, ah. whoa. Yes. So you got to be always ready to be like, I'm going to fuck this guy it's up. A, it's, I mean, just like with parkour, it's. 90 something percent fucking mental wow that's crazy how you yeah, experienced that before yes. doing parkour yes i can't i cannot wait to so, hear you say about here. so so okay so demons you'll be ready for this fight and you'll be training and all of a sudden you you have put in blood sweat and tears and time into prepping for this fight then you're warming up and you're getting ready and then the demons kick in right and this term is tossed around a lot in just everyday life demons we all have our demons and everything but it's especially prominent in in combative martial arts there are things called demons especially in a very high risk martial art like MMA fighting where there's like fucking you're wearing tiny little gloves a little mouthpiece and a cup but then this dude's going to kick you in the head with his shin bone anyway so oh my god you're you're there and you're warming up and you're ready and all of a sudden your demons kick in they're like you're not ready you didn't sleep well um He's going to kick the shit out of you. He's going to choke you out. You're going to black out. He's going to break your arm. So all these things start kicking in and you're like, no. Holy and you have to shit. keep like fighting them out. And you're like pushing them so out. And you're like, you're literally having a fight in your mind with the demons before your actual physical fight. So it's stressful as shit. That is an insane It's really stressful. It's a stress-inducing moment. fucking moment. It's yeah. insane. So then you're literally on the way out to to an MMA fight and then like you're just freaking the fuck out and you're really trying hard to like not show people that you're freaking out. But internally you're like you're you're having 
a singularity event of a black hole collapsing on itself and you're fucking Jesus dying. God, that is an intense way to talk about <laughs> self-doubt. Holy and hell. So you're like, ah! <laughs> and then you get to the fight and then like you can't hear nothing. Like you're just focusing on the person across the cage from you and you're just like looking at them and then it's just like kind of like, you don't hear shit. Whoa, so you go from self-doubt to just the sound drowns out? And yeah, you the just... sound drowns out and you're just ready. And, that's, and the guy, the ref points at you and he goes, are you ready? And he points to the other guy and he goes, are you ready? And he goes, okay, and fight and then and then all of a sudden you can't hear the crowd you can't hear jack shit you but somehow your 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 hearing is in tune to hearing the voices of your coaches and your training camp and your team who's outside who's watching you fight you know your fight and yeah. when the bell rings if you've survived the round you go to your corner and they like help you out and they t- they give you the tips of what they've been watching you do your hearing is like tuned for them so like um it's it's a tunnel vision moment right and uh, David Goggins, right? He says, everybody's got a plan until you get punched in the face. That's from Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson, sorry. Mike Tyson said that. Everybody has a plan until you get punched in the face. That's a very real thing. Um, and when you go into fight, you have you might have prepped like all these different things and these movements and these combos and you get kicked in the face or punched in the face and those combos go out the window. You have forgotten everything. Oh my God. Yeah, and you're just like, well, I didn't. Rem- I don't remember what else. And then your coaches are like, "Fucking move left!" Like the move movies. Left. Yeah, they're like telling you, and you're like, "Oh yeah, 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 that's right. I was supposed. I this is what I practiced." And I you have to focus to- again. You have to focus again. So it's like insane. So the demons is basically a storm of intense self doubt. Yeah. And you're going through fear. Mm-hmm. You're being. You're anxious. You're nervous. Mm-hmm. Then it's the moment of the fight. All of a sudden, everything drowns out, and you hyper focus on this fucker that you're trying to fuck up. <laughs> the referee <laughs> says fight. Boom. Then it's action time, and you're ready to go. And all that self doubt, what goes away? They literally, the demons literally check out like in a hotel. No fucking way, really. It's cool how it happens. How it's, it's instantly. It's it's immediately. You start, and as soon as the ref says go, and you just go, your adrenaline kicks in, and you just go, this is the this is what I have to do. The demons are like, all right, I guess our job's done. It might have worked, and it might have not. Whoop, and they literally just, boop, they check out. Well, real quick, yeah. what do you think the job for the demons is? I don't know. It's like fear's job is to just keep you from progressing like it's trying to pro- overly protect you y- yeah maybe it's like a, an overprotective yeah, parent yeah maybe it's like a, a safety mechanism it's and a it's a self-preservation technique Fi- it's fight or flight technically so basically when the demons check you're out, either gonna be- fight or you're gonna fly away right and because you are in a boxing or not a boxing ring, you're in a ring and you're ready to yeah. fight somebody the demons check out because they're like well i guess what we try to do didn't work this guy's gonna fight Peace out. Hey, it either did or it didn't work. Sometimes, you know, the, a fight's happen and guys right. will get into the fight and literally they lock up and they can't clear their mind. And But a lot of times, you know, yeah, most times they, they just perform. They do what they got to do. So that's what dealing with fear is like bef- right before a fight. Yes. So, yes, right before a fight. And so how does that translate to parkour? Because that type of training that you've gone through mentally must translate for you in parkour in a very impactful way. What is What is it like? Yeah, so... so in parkour, it, translate in a, it translates in a couple ways, and it also doesn't translate in a couple ways, and I'll explain it. So I've been training parkour like for now for about 15 years, and I was training parkour while I was also you know, fighting MMA. The thing about it is, is, the, is the process of processing fear in MMA is a little bit different than the processing fear in parkour. Um, but the demons are still exist because there's, the risk is still there. The danger is there. Mm-hmm. That's the thing is you have to understand. Fear is not real. It is a construct of your own mind. You... you fucking manifested that shit into reality and it's there there are people out there who don't have any fear they don't have that that voice in their they don't head. have that, that voice in their head it's That's, crazy yeah but for those that do have voice in their head they create fear because the acronym for fear that i told you before fears false evidence appearing real and false evidence appearing because real. Of what you just said yeah exactly so it's something that you 
it's fear is not real. It's false evidence appearing real. It's not a real thing. What is real is danger. Right. Danger is real. The danger of falling, breaking a limb, slipping. Uh, um, all those dangers are real. Like, you know, like, you know, your foot placement is wrong for whatever it is that you're trying to do in parkour. Like, that's a danger that's real, but fear is not. Cork boy, right? His, he's, he has figured out how to process his fear, mm-hmm. right, to attempt these cork precisions. Yet the danger of the cork precision is there because your foot could be off by a centimeter and then you fucking slip and then you fall. Right, right. Da- danger is real. Fear is not. Now, in parkour, you have. I always. I've. I have been fortunate enough to be able to teach parkour professionally for for a few years now. About I'm going on like seven years now teaching it professionally, teaching in different gyms across the country. I was fortunate enough to teach for a good three three and a half years at Tempest Freerunning Academy over in California. That's right. I forgot to mention that about you when I yeah, introduced no, no worries, you. No worries. Uh, uh, Tempest Freerunning Academy over in Cali. Uh, OG Tempest Academy, the first Tempest up in North County. Shout out to you guys. All, I love you guys. I miss all you guys. Um, if you're even listening to this, <laughs> I mean, maybe they are. Um, <laughs> That'd be great. Maybe just share this some and they can. Honestly, they yeah, will. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was fortunate enough to coach there for a few years. So over my years of coaching, I've also kind of figured out a way that I should process my own fear. And I've tried to tell all my students that try to get a handle of your fear as early as you can in your parkour uh, experience, in your progression, in your parkour journey. Mm-hmm. Just just get a hold of it. Figure it out. Figure it out. What are you afraid of? What's 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 causing your fear? Do you have a past trauma of like that's triggering uh, the fear? Right, like, that's triggering. Have you fallen? Have you broken right. bones? Uh, do you have... You know, have you have a background of being clumsy as fuck and you have no right, balance? Right. Like how to handle your fear and then like get a hold of it as quick as you can in your parkour because that'll help you progress and excel. Right. You know, and keep going. Um the thing about it is is fear in a combat sports is the fear that you're not ready um f- for a very stressful inducing situation that you have trained for but you might not be ready for because your opponent might be more ready right you're literally dealing with another human being in yes. within your fear yes within yeah exactly but in parkour what so the, the difference is in parkour right in, in parkour the fear is there but there are no variables it's as, just it, as you. it's just you that's it the wall that you're jumping toward Let's say a running precision. The wall that you're jumping toward. Yeah. It's not gonna move out of your way. <laughs> like it's not gonna <laughs> be like <laughs> the walls talking to another wall and be like, hey, you wanna see some funny shit? Yeah, what's up? <laughs> this guy's gonna go for running pre. I'm gonna move two inches to the left. Yeah. Boom! Go! Oh shit, the wall moved. Damn it, I wasn't prepared. Or I'm gonna move closer and he's gonna take the wall to his ass. He's gonna eat those he's gonna eat he's gonna his nut asshole. it. I'm gonna make him just nut it. Yeah, it's, it's gonna be That happened to me at Orlando Parkour, by the way, like three weeks ago. Totally went for a Kong Pre, craned it, foot slipped, hit my gooch. I don't like cranes. I almost bursted my testicle. Don't at do, least I thought. Don't, don't do cranes. Ask Caleb. Caleb literally saw me just be concerned that I bursted my testicle. <laughs> anyway, anyway, proceeding into how the fear in MMA is, I think, larger because you're dealing with a moving variable. However, in parkour, the fear is still there because the danger is real and the fear is trying to protect you from the danger, but it's smaller because the only variable is you. Exactly. The only variable in parkour is yourself. You have to, it's self mastery as opposed to something like MMA. It's self mastery and mastery over an opponent. It's like there's two variables going on. Right. Like yes, yes, you could have such self mastery in MMA that like no opponent will ever stop you. I wish. Um, you know, there's a book called the Book of Five Rings 
that's written by a samurai. That's the book that's called. I want to read that Boom. one. Boom. Yeah. Yeah, I have it. Which shout I've out heard to Joe that. Rogan talk about it. And yeah, yeah, Joe Rogan. It's actually Andres. Andres's book. I just still haven't given it back to oh him. Oh my god! I'm still trying to. Fit. That means you're not going to give back Kyla's book either. <laughs> Listen. So okay, this book it was written by a samurai who was able in his lifetime to best over sixty warriors that's in right. combat. What's it called again? The Five Rings. The Book of Five Rings. The, um, yeah, write it down. Keep, yeah. Um, <laughs> write it down. The Book of Five Rings. A samurai who was able to best fi- uh, over sixty over sixty adversaries in combat over his lifetime. Dude, these combats were life or death, as in a samurai sword, a katana. Right, he had to. Oh my God, what a badass! He killed over sixty people in combat in his life. Oh my lord! But he wrote a book on like you know the book is a little bit more philosophical than just combat. It it you'll right. when you see it, it's intense. But essentially, you can come to a point of self mastery where you can actually you know defeat any opponent in in, in your way once you know that. But right. in parkour, it's just yourself. That's it. It's self mastery with your environment. Now, I. Over the over my years of coaching, because I wish I would have mastered the fear of you know how to how to cope with and handle my fear in parkour before all my coaching. Like you know, from when I started in two thousand and five, and I started coaching in about two thousand and like twelve. Right. I wish that like two thousand and thirteen. I wish that um I would have figured it out earlier because I would have my progression would have been way better. It would have yeah okay of course. But everyone progresses at their own pace. Everyone. I, I progress at my own pace, and I'm not ashamed of it. I don't care. Like that's what I've. I progress that. And in this term, people face their demons, in this case, self-doubt, fear, yes. on their own pace. Exactly. So you face your own parkour demons yes. at your own pace. And right. you're you're looking back on it now and you're saying what you're saying now. Yeah, but, I kind of wish it was faster. But however, anyways. because we've just defined the fact that the fear at MMA is a lot more intense because of a moving variable as opposed to parkour, what do you, because there's still a lot of self-doubt involved in parkour. So, yeah, dude. What do you find is more intense still, fear-wise, since you've experienced both? Ah, oh, man, that's hard to say. Yeah. It's the I shitballs. <laughs> <laughs> Where? Shitballs. <laughs> Anyways, um, I'm using that now. I think that there's definitely um, a little bit more fear in MMA just because okay, there's yeah. so many variables. That makes sense. There's a lot of variables. Yeah. You know, there's a lot going on. Um, shout out to Joseph Henderson, Joe Hendo, tank and parkour. He fucking took on an MMA fight with like three weeks notice and he got into the cage and he fought an MMA fight and he did fucking pretty damn well. And I'm sure if he listens to the podcast, hey, your, your stress level must have been pretty fucking high. And if it's not high, damn, dude, you have no trigger, like no fear trigger. I doubt he's listening to this podcast because he unfollowed us. He met Tony and Julian. Tony can hear me right now from upstairs. He met Tony and Julian in London. And then when he found our page, he then was like, these guys are a bunch of fucking assholes. And then he unfollowed us anyway. Oh, my Lord. Um, I think Tyler's upset that Joe Hendo unfollowed him. I, he, I just, I, he, if he only could have met me, we could have had something. He met my father. Papa Foss? He, he, he met my Papa Fosky. I mean, it's hard to not like Papa Foss. He might have liked Papa Fosky's son, Fatsky. <laughs> I, I, oh I my God. I, anyways, so, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I do feel anyways, really anyways, hard. Anyways, yeah, anyways, so, 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 so fear. coming from a, from a background of... Um, MMA. Well, no, I was just talking about Joe, you know, Joe Hendo. Coming from oh. a background of, like, you know, really professional parkour to, you know competing into a thing of like MMA, which is with very short notice, there's a lot of stress and fear that goes into that. So I definitely coming from what I've experienced, there's a little bit more fear and stress in an MMA, um, which takes a long time to like, you know, fully, fully master because there's always a variable of like the person that you're, 
you know, going up against could be younger, faster, stronger, uh, uh, more ready. Now, in, in parkour, it is. It's self-mastery. It's just you and your environment. And there only come there comes a certain point in your training where, like, you fully, fully understand your self-mastery. You've got it under control, and your environment does not affect you anymore. Like, jumping to, like, to, jumping to like wobbly rails, like yesterday. Right. Like there comes a time in your training. I f- I feel like we're like I hated those rails. <laughs> we're like jumping to a, ro- a wobbly rail doesn't phase you because it's like you know that you can feel the wobble and then you could just kind of ride it out. You and can you control can either, that variable almost. You control that. You, yeah, you can control that variable um, until the variable just the rail fucking snaps in <laughs> half and breaks. Unless that happens, which is exactly yeah. what I thought was going to happen to me because of my fat ass. But you yeah. were okay with it. And the thing is, is that with processing fear because of how you are used to fighting somebody else who can literally deck you in the face mm. as opposed to when you're training parkour it's just you and that rail and that obstacle i can actually very much see through your words right now how it is not as difficult for you however you've still had to process your fear in parkour yes yes, yes it's yes, not yes. like i'm saying what i'm saying means that you're invincible to fear in parkour and yeah, you can yeah, commit yeah. to anything that's not how that Ooh. works you have to know your own physical capabilities and limits and stuff so i remember when we talked for the first time about fear there was two things that you mentioned um about processing fear so this yes. is the part where we're going to get into where people are like okay okay they're talking about fear okay they're talking about MMA, blah, 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 but how do i do it how do i process it okay right. here's raul's take you. and then my two cents on his take yeah how do you let's just start with a scenario so we can make this clean cut you're cool. approaching a jump yesterday's rail conk precision how do you approach because we trained yesterday how do you approach fear it's called cold robot that's my process cold robot now before we get into cold robot though there's the other thing which was the belief system oh shit okay so a belief system a belief system could be a very 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 powerful tool in the human mind as in like um we mentioned earlier in the right at the beginning we said danny and the blocka choose not to fall Mm -hmm. danny's belief in himself and the fact that he has got his basis covered right that i know um with like you know his belief in his religion that he is he is okay and he will be okay yes and that belief system like just turns off that fear that, that fear, fear switch that fear switch yeah because he believes in himself and believes that he's covered and base is covered and he'll be okay well he utilizes religion as uh his way to believe himself either yeah what you're saying belief system is whatever works for you exactly. to do that effect that had that effect on danny his was just yeah. so intense i know for i know for um for a fact he is very he's he's very religious and he utilizes um you know the belief in god and, and stuff like that in his training i i believe uh andres was telling me a story how there was this fucked rail uh running there's running precision to a rail on a rooftop where if he overshot it he would die and uh, Phil Doyle, I think, was with him. And Phil was like, Danny, I don't, I don't think you should do that. Like, that's, like, pretty difficult. And he was like, oh, no, God told me I'm going to be okay, so I, I got this. And he did it perfectly. Yeah. But that belief system that he had propelled him you – know, sorry, compelled him to be- have the utmost confidence in himself and believe himself to where that commitment was no issue. So you're saying the first thing people should have is a founding belief system, whether it's from religion mm. – that's the thing is like, or the reason why they started parkour. That, no, yeah, that I believe that a belief system could be a very powerful tool, but it could also be a very powerful like crutch. Okay. So belief systems are a weird thing in in psychology and life itself. Belief systems can be good and can be really fucking bad. Okay. But I think what you need to have is a firm grasp and understanding on why you want to do parkour or why you want to do anything. You need to understand the why. Why, 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 why. 
That's to start off with with fear. Yes. Understand why it is that you're doing what you're doing. Exactly. That will that will that will help you out. Why? A lot. That'll help you out a lot. I mean, obviously yes. that's like a general uh advice in life. I mean, I'm sure we'll do an episode on motivation stuff because I can lose my shit on that stuff. Let me tell you, I come from an area where I technically based off of how I started parkour shouldn't be here right now and have what I have, but I do. And that comes from motivation. That comes from defining your why. So when you're dealing with fear, defining your why on started parkour is a big deal. Mm. And if you have an extra bonus belief system, maybe through an emotional story or how you started your origin story or like Danny's uh, case, religion, mm. that's a good start. Yeah. The second thing that I know that you brought up was uh, your experience level and the confidence that comes with. That's the second component Oof. to beginning with dealing with fear before we get into the robot stuff. Okay, yeah. So experience coming from martial arts um, and all my years training parkour and he, listening to it, like listening to it from my, all my MMA coaches and martial arts, you know, my masters, you would call them. Um, Experience is something that cannot be faked. You can't fake it and you can't buy it. You either have it or you don't. And you have it by putting in time, blood, sweat, and tears into your craft. That's it. Done and done. Okay, Simple as done that. Done and done. Simple as that. Experience. Can't fake it. Can't buy it. You can only get it by putting in time, blood, what, sweat, and tears. What happens when you have that experience? What do you, what do you uh, uh, attain? What? <laughs> I was going to say, like, I, I thought you were going to say, because um, I was... Oh. What do you attain when you have that experience? Yeah. The ability to process your fear. Through confidence. Through confidence. Because. And your and belief in yourself. So that means that when there's somebody, because I know you've seen this and I've seen this, everybody who's training parkour and free running for, I want to say like, I don't know, over six years, whatever, has seen this in their time where they are training with someone with lesser years experience on them. Not saying mm -hmm. that they're lesser skill level. I'm just saying lesser uh Less, year less time behind yeah, yeah. the wheel. They're doing. They're parkour. they're looking, eyeing up at a jump, and they really want to do it. But you can see in their eyes that their skill level does not support that jump. But they're pressuring themselves due to other things like maybe uh, instant gratification on Instagram and YouTube, and they feel like they have to do this move now. Christ, yeah. And so they're forcing themselves to do a jump that their skill level cannot support. And the reason why what you're saying they can't do it is because they don't have the confidence because their experience doesn't support that confidence. Yes. The confidence is non-existent because their experience level does not support the jump they want yes and therefore if you were to see that you would advise them hey not ready yet you're not trying yeah. to inflict self-doubt on them no. you're not trying to sell you're not trying to tell them they suck you're actually trying to be safe about it you'd be like hey listen man when you get a little when you gain a little bit yeah. more experience that you can't fake or buy you're gonna be able to do this easier yeah so for those of you that are younger watching this or listening to this and you're trying to train a flip or jump that you feel way out of is out of your league it's probably because your experience level hasn't given you the sufficient confidence to commit yeah not yet so therefore the two founding things so far to begin dealing with fear is having belief system and defining your why you started parkour and free running. And then obviously having the confidence that comes with your experience uh, and your training time. Therefore yes. make sure you are processing and understanding how long you've been training and what that supports your mental and physical game. Cause yeah, there's yeah. physical limits and then there's mental limits. Yes. So I think that's good that we defined that so far. Yeah. Now let's get into, Oh, here's another, here's, here's, oh, another, yeah. here's another thing too. That Hit me with it. Here's another thing too that I didn't mention uh, last time was, uh, in in martial arts, which can apply directly to parkour, really hard. It's called how you train is how you fight. If you train for a fight mm -hmm. by not getting punched in the face and not getting choked out and not understanding what that feels like and not getting put and training with people who are way better than you, who push you to be really fucking good. If you train just la 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 la, la for a fight and you're just kind of like, you know, just not training hard when you perform, you're not going to perform well. You're not going to perform hard like you trained. 
Interesting. How you train is how you actually fight. Okay. This uh, period. Okay. Now, how you train parkour is how is what's how you're gonna perform parkour. If you train parkour doing one jump all the time, or I'm just gonna do this la 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 la. Interesting. That's that's how you're gonna perform your parkour. Right. It's time to perform. Let's say a uh, uh, case in point. Um, the Spanish, the Spanish way of training parkour, like Gup. Shape. Those guys. Yes. Shape. Those guys. If you watch their movements, it's smooth and it's powerful and it's executed very well. And <laughs> you know why? Because it's how they train. Yep. They repeat that shit. And it's repetitions. Over and, and over again. That's how they train their parkour. It's not like I'm going to do this one pre and be out. No, it's this one pre will turn into this next thing, will turn into yep. this next thing. And now I'm going to put it all together and, it's, and I'm going to make it as smooth as butter as I possibly can. And yep. then when you watch it back, that's what it is that they're doing. Right. So how you train is how you perform. How you train is how you perform. This is key. So this those key. those components are a good founding, a good foundation for the beginning of processing fear. So if someone listening to this right now, they're gonna be like, okay, so what you're telling me is to start off with, I need to define my why in parkour and fear running, mm. have may, potentially have an emotional or spiritual or religious uh, belief system that supports eh, parkour. Yeah, it's not works. necessary, but the defining yeah. a why is having a why, knowing yeah. knowing why you're doing what you're doing, defining your experience level and what kind of confidence uh, you have and what movements what what movements the confidence supports, and then how you train is how you perform. Mm. Now that everyone has a solid foundation in fear, let's get into the mental tricks Ooh. and like detours that you can get in your yeah. head to kind of, yeah, trick your mind. Yeah. What is it that you call it? So, okay. Because I have a couple terms, but you have one. Yeah, so the way that I figured out how to process process my fear so that I could, you know, progress more in parkour and, you know, be able to commit to things that are in my capacity mm. without, you know, no, without being afraid it's called cold robot. Cold now, there, robot. There are other terms, um, and there are other athletes, like we just mentioned, Joe Hendo, you know, who have had, who have done like uh, um, seminars about you know pushing your mental limits, your mental game. Um, you know, there are athletes like uh, Dylan Baker mm -hmm. out of Colorado back in the day. He oh man, he revolutionized descents, going down the outside of parking garages and yeah, going down buildings which is really fast. Terrifying. He he mentioned one time that he gives himself cues. Like a like an actor has cues on on camera, you know, cue, you know, quiet on set. That's cue one. Roll sound, cue two. Right. Roll camera, cue three. Three, two, one, action. Those are his cues. That gets his mind tricked, ready to perform, and they go and they act and they perform. He gives himself cues. He does the shoe wipe, the hand wipe, hand wipe on his pants or his shirt, and yeah. then he takes a deep breath and he commits. You know what's funny? Some people would call that rituals. Rituals, yeah. Rituals, cues, same thing. Yeah. Interesting. So, um, this is what I when, when I say cold robot. This is just how I have found out what works for me so far yeah i'm gonna it's, i'm not a pro on it it's not like i uh, i have mastered the ability to turn off fear this is just what works for me now and what has been working for me for the past few years how to manage and it, it and it works pretty fucking well and before you get into it, i want to lay on the other terms that i've learned from other communities to Boom. show how this type of thing you're about to talk about actually transcends into international communities and how they do it monkey our sixth member of soulful movement uh, told me about what he what they call white mind, mm. or what Montrove from Galician Urban Project got for short. What he called it was freezing your brain, mm. congelar el cerebro, Ooh, which means yeah. So it's funny how cold is in that term. So white mind and um, freezing your brain are versions of cold robot, which yeah. is a trick that you do mm. after the found the things that we said that is a solid foundation to manage your fear. What 
does cold robot entail? What are you supposed to do? Okay, so cold robot. The reason why it's called cold robot. Cold. Uh, cold, I say, is clearing your mind from any emotions. So you're you're cold, like emotionless. Not like a sociopath where you have like... <laughs> yeah. I'm going to do this wrong. I'm, I'm, never, I'm not I've going never, to feel anything. I've never cried in my life. I do not yawn when other people yawn and I see them even though that psychologically <laughs> means that I'm a psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean cold like you're not overly hyped for a certain move or a jump you're not uh, uh, angry upset you're not depressed you're not like you're not uh, uh, anxious you're just your emotion your emotion you're is there, under the control moment. you're there in the moment with your emotion under control as in cold got it you just stop the processes because you're cold you just cool. okay mind is cold um that's the one thing that I feel helps to process your fear for a certain jump or a certain movement is to just be cold. How does someone practice being cold? How does someone, how is someone able to get into that state? I, that's a state of mind. That is a state how of mind. Do, how does someone train themselves to do that? That is a tricky one because- There's a lot of ways. There's a lot of fucking ways. What's your what, primary what, way? What works for me is just the second part. Oh wait, so you're saying the robot part of your trick the, actually the, just reverts back to being cold? Yeah, it's like a it's like interesting. A loop. So it's not like for me. The robot for me. So the robot thing, uh, like, it, it's a it's a, it like helps the cold, and the cold helps the robot, and it's kind of like a cycle. So it's like knowing. Okay. When I explain what robot means, that helps me handle my emotion and my interesting my stuff. And just that little loop. So if you were to advise someone, so it's like. So it's like, if one is okay, if one aspect of my fear process is okay, the other one should be okay because. Interesting. And then if that one is not okay, right? But this process, if the if the cold process is good, right? Then the cold process will. Okay, so here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna explain how someone can get into a cold state after you explain robot, because I feel like robot isn't really like a. Uh, a state it's more of like a preparation it's, it's like a safety thing the checklist. so let's go over the robot part so we can fully complete the explanation of cold robot and how someone can apply this to themselves mm. and then we'll talk about uh cold and white mind because cold the yeah. what you said mm. is similar to white mind yeah so we'll explain ways people can get into that yeah but what does the robot aspect of your mental trick entail so robot if you program a robot if you're like an engineer and you and you and you create a robot and you make it like Boston Dynamics makes Atlas, that big ass robot that can like do all kinds of crazy shit. Yeah. Um, Atlas, that robot, if you guys have seen videos of him on the, on the internet, uh, he can do backflips now, right? Because right. it's been programmed into him how to do it. The robot knows how to set its arms up, lift its chest, uh, its torso. And when it lifts, it starts you know, rotating backwards, snaps his shins inward and he rotates and he flips when he lands. You can see the gears kick in, they hold his right. balance and he stands up. Now, that's been program programmed into the robot. Of course, the argument can be said that, like, okay, over time with AI, artificial intelligence, they will just learn how to do that. But they kind of have to see that, see someone else do it in order to be like, I, how do I figure how to do that? So, right. So they're learning it on their own. Um, but programming, you program into a robot parameters, the robot knows to in order to walk forward, I need to put left foot in front of the right and then the right foot in front of the left. And I need to continuously move forward with my torso and lean in order to keep that pace going forward. They know their parameters. They can't do any movement outside of their parameters that's been programmed into them. Okay. Now, with experience in parkour, with time, with training, you will find your parameters and what you are capable of doing. 
as in, okay, if you're fucking incredible at doing a crane, when you go for precision and you cannot put both feet on the edge of the precision, you, you crane, you bring one foot down. Doesn't really work on rails. Don't do a crane to a rail for the love of God. Don't do that. Oh my God. Someone out there is <laughs> going to be like, watch this shit. A crane to a rail. Ah! Clark boy, please don't do it. So, <laughs> oh, Jesus. Anyway, so a, a crane, you know, one foot down, one foot up on a wall. Yeah. Cool. If you're really always comfortable, at, uh, confident and comfortable at doing cranes, that's part of your checklist. Now, it, if you know your maximum limit of your jump capacity and power, right? Like, okay, mm -hmm. if, you're, if you have a 10 foot standing max jump, you got that in your mind. Cool. If you have a max jump of a stride of 14 feet, then that's I your see. checklist parameter. You have it. Boom. That's your parameter that you have that you that you're programmed. So with. the beginning of the robot part is basically analyzing your limits, analyzing your limits and your capabilities. Got right. It. Knowing what you can and cannot do within your realm of possibility. Okay. Right. I'm not going to go out and I'm not going to do a cork precision because I don't have a really great cork. Mm -hmm. um, even though I have a very great precision and I can spot yes. a precision, I don't have a good cork, so I, I will die. Okay. I'm not going to send a cork pre. It's not within my realm of programming. Right. It's not within my realm of my, my parameters. Okay. So a robot can only do what it's programmed to do. So I utilize a robot state of mind. Can I do this jump? Is it within my physical limit? Yes. Cool. That's checklist one. Am I okay right now? Is my body good? All the joints, fine. Ankles, knees, hips, great. Back, fine, cool. Am I rested? Am I energized? Awesome. Checklist two, complete. Right. Is the wall slippery, powdery? You check your surfaces. Is it fine? You know, is the rail wobbly? Um, great. Checklist three, complete. That's a lot of parameters, fine. Can I safely bail from the thing if, let's say, part of my foot is a little bit off when I land? Forward, backwards, um, if it's not completely perfectly next to each other, your feet together. Okay. Um, can I bail? Am I confident in my reaction time in order to like, you know, drop from the precision down into a cat on the wall? Yeah. And, or can I like, you know, can I hit the feet on the wall and then bounce back and just take the height drop? If yeah. it's small, something small. Um, do can I, then you just check off and the list just keeps going. Whatever list you fucking want to make it could be a long list just get ready to make a lot of checklists a and lot of like, mentally you know, obviously mentally, mentally, we're not yeah. saying to have somebody take out a piece of paper and a pen and be like no, no, no this no, all no. happens instantaneously before you know you do attempt a jump it happens pretty fast you just go through everything in your mind like boop blink of an eye just like when people are training parkour you know us athletes we can actually see like a distance and measure like and calculate intense mathematical calculations right you know like wind how much do I weigh? What's the distance? What's the elevation? You make these calculations in real time to uh, perform a jump. And they happen leap, quick. And it's fast. It's almost instantaneously. Yeah, so I agree. these these robotic calculations that I make a checklist to know if I'm if mentally ready to attempt a jump. Right. I make them instantaneously. So once all those things are checked off my list, like a robot, all my parameters, all my bases and parameters are covered, that fuels the cold side. That feels a cold side. Yeah. So if those are checked off, I'm like, cool. Let me just calm my mind. So no, the, no emotion. The I'm no going to be cold and boom. The no emotion and the robot checklist is like going through the demons before a fight. And then the moment you have everything aligned, it's boom. like that moment that you tunnel vision and you said you couldn't hear the crowd and you're just ready to go. That's yes. the commitment part of the parkour. Yes. Now, here's the thing. There's Break, some people. Bre breaking the jump, as some people have said in the past. And breaking like, the jump is yeah. the equivalent of starting the fight. Boom. 
Now, there are people out there who don't do the robot checklist and they only have cold mind and then they just commit. And do you think that's where a lot of injuries can happen or recklessness is involved? Maybe not an injury, but it's just being reckless in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not covering your bases. Right. Like, okay, like, okay, you, you went for this precision. Awesome. But, dude, your feet went through the wall. Cause right. Because the wall's made out of paper mache. So, <laughs> you know, like, Julian. Or, or you, or you did, like, you know, or you tried to do this running pre to the rail and, and the rail just literally snapped in half because it was rusted. You didn't really look at it. You didn't right. check it, you know? So it's like, check your, cover your bases. Therefore, the cold aspect is to defeat the demons. Bah. Yes. And the robot aspect is to keep yourself safe. Yes. So this is always what's worked for you. Mm. So uh, on top of the, founda- uh, the, the foundation things that we told you about, defining your why, et cetera, once you have that, you get into a state of mind where you are almost, you're essentially emotionless in a way where your emotions don't allow for self-doubt and thoughts to override you, a.k.a. Yes. the demons that he mentioned in MMA, and then you go through your robot checklist or vice versa you go through your robot checklist and then you allow yourself to seep into the cold mind aka the white mind which is what monkey from a coruña spain our sixth member as i've said before hopefully one day we'll have him here and we'll do a spanish episode who knows Dude. that'd be sick right see and so basically he says that the white mind is the area uh in the uh, mental state an area in your mind a state in which you are literally present in the jump and there is nothing about it that you're over-exaggerating. There's literally nothing about the jump that you are over-analyzing or you're over-analyzing or making up hypothetical scenarios that probably most likely will not happen. You know I'm talking about? Those over-analytical people that in a jump where they're basically giving themselves crazy, scary hypotheticals that are insane. That used to be you. That used to be me. I used to, before I figured out how to process my fear and all this cool robot bullshit that I'm talking about, (laughs) like... That's I used to visualize myself falling, breaking my uh, my arm, my leg. I used to fucking I, and I, those things would flash in my mind, and I'd be like, I can't do this because those things were gonna happen. Right? That's insanity. That, like it doesn't make parkour okay, fun. Yes, it does not make parkour parkour fun. Um, thinking, being afraid about the a, a future that has not happened and possibly might never happen is actually insanity. Yes, it's a condition. I, it's I, part of being insane. I don't telling me. <laughs> yeah, don't visualize yourself breaking shit because it won't happen. It won't it help you. Happen. It won't help you. It is part of the demons. So yes. demons are part, on top that's, of self-doubt. That's, a, that's a definitely a demon. A part of the, uh, fucking asshole. within the demons, fucking assholes. <laughs> uh, it's self-doubt, but it's also for those of you that are over analytical and very anxious at uh, nature that come up with hypotheticals that are very graphic and too intense that stop you from actually being oh, in a calm state. Therefore, what Monkey talks about, what Raul's talking about, cold mind, white mind, freezing the brain, like I said with Montrove, that is all a state of mind where those things do not happen. The demons don't even exist. They didn't even check out. They were never even there. You're in a part of your mind where you are looking at a jump. You're in the moment. You're actually enjoying your training. You're having fun. And you're seeing a jump for what it is, not for what you think it is. You're seeing it for what it actually is. It's just a jump. Because there's a lot of times where you look at a jump and your mind just blows it out of proportion and just overanalyzes little parts of it that make you want to stop because your fear, aka demons, are trying to keep you safe or whatever. When in reality, when you're in the white mind state, you're emotionless, yes, because you're in the moment and you're seeing the jump for what it is. Yes. Not for what it is not, not for what you're creating in your head. So what are ways that we can advise people to get into that mind? Obviously, the first thing is meditate i'm not saying sit in the room and just breathe no there are actual techniques look Ooh. up yes 
Look up techniques that <laughs> look up. He just thought of something. He, look up techniques that work for you. Breathing exercises for me right now. My best meditation exercise has been Wim Hof. Papa Wim Hof. Papa Wim Hof. Fully in, fully out. out. Fully uh, in, fully out. out. If you don't know who Wim Hof is or what I'm talking about, go to our episode four on this podcast. Go to the second half of it where Julian and I talk about who he is and what he does and how his method can potentially affect parkour. But mainly, I'm not. Yeah, dude. I, I fucking when I heard about Wim Hof, man. Lost when I it. first heard about Wim Hof, you introduced I, me to him. Yeah, I, so I introduced Tyler into Wim Hof, and I was like, "You gotta check out this guy, man. He might help you out. He, yeah, his process could help you out." Um, when I first heard about Wim Hof, I was like, "That ain't fucking real, no way." And then I started re- researching, and he was like, "Oh, he's proven scientists wrong. He was injected with an endotoxin and was able to not get sick. He can control his T and B cells in his fucking bone he's marrow and like literally negate any inflammation <laughs> in his body and survive any diseases. And he can hike the Mount Everest two times into sandals and uh, <laughs> and everything. Shorts. He's Poseidon. <laughs> he could do anything. Insanity." with his body and he can teach other people to do it which means it's not science fiction it's science fact it's real now it's yeah he's real. in some textbooks but anyway well the reason why we got onto that is because that's a form of uh meditation where you can get into your mind because essentially at clearing a, your mind a very briefing meditation is a way for you to it let's just say in your head there's a sky with dark gray clouds the idea behind meditation is to let them do their thing and they will clear out on its own yeah and then you'll have a blue sky in your head again if you have that blue sky aka can turn into a white mind pretty much you like monkeys, let the process do its thing right you just kind of like so if you want to practice let letting go of that noise in your head while you're training if you want to practice getting into the white mind where it's basically just you in like this white box and there's no thoughts there's no noise there's no demons there's no clouds you have to find practices outside of parkour to do that for your mind and then once you've realized what you can do you then apply it back into training and that's one way i believe of trying to practice cold mind and then you do your robot checklist and then there and then on top of that you add in your belief system or your reason why you started parkour and you are you're um, knowledgeable of your confidence level supported by experience dude once you approach a jump you'll know exactly what to do and you'll be facing your fears you'll be able to manage your fears like raul was saying you'll be able to face past traumas that have triggered the fear What is maybe one other way people can practice white mind? Dude. Maybe not outside of parkour. Maybe what if, what, what can someone do while they're training parkour to practice white mind? Do they pick a jump that's a little bit under the skill level and then they try to do it without thinking much or maybe, I don't know. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. I mean, you could like, uh, progressions, progressions are super, oh, preps progre- stuff, yeah, yeah. preps, progressions, progression, the progressions of a jump or a move are super fucking important. Any advanced move, if broken down correctly it's just a basic move done really well okay this is like a gymnastics thing if you can fucking do a triple full okay no if you can do a uh a full and a half a one and a half if you can do a two and a half and you have an understanding of a one and a half and a two and a half you can do a triple because all you got to do is just twist another fucking 90 degrees right that's like a really big premise in like in like gymnastics training is like okay you have an understanding of a one and a half you understand that little extra half that's fucking hard if you have a good understanding of grasp of the half which is the progression of the triple whatever then you can do the the higher level move so if you want to do a jump you need to find a progression the same size jump into it flat ground the same size jump to a very lower ledge the same size you know the Exactly. You need to find that progression of the move. Or like what I did yesterday. There's 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 this uh, jump I want to do for a video we're trying to work on where it is a rail. It's a square. It, it's a con, it's a square rail. It's a concrete to a drop pre plyo. Phil Doyle said square rails ain't shit. 
They, they're basically just thin. It was a thin <laughs> wall, but it was they had gaps in it, so you couldn't really see. And so it's a rail concrete to a drop pre, and so the, a the rail concrete like, plyo. Pre's like eleven feet, and it's like down. It's pretty. They're both pretty far. And they're far but the down. way I broke it down to manage my fear was first I did the drop pre in the middle. The ending jump of my move. Mm. Then I did that like four or five times. Then mm. I stood on top of the rail that I want to Kong and do the drop pre to the plyo. Mm. And then the last puzzle was the Kong pre and then add the plyo. However, what I was struggling on was the Kong pre. But I broke Kong, it down. Vaulting rails with power is hard, man. Well, it was just, I, I don't think I've ever done uh, rail Kong pre that far. Plus, we're running on mulch to get the speed. Oh my God, that was annoying. That's but that's anyway, the point is that I broke it down to, to manage my fear. And you to break quiet the noise in my head because life's a mind game and parkour is a mind game. Would you say, I mean, I talked to Daniel Roy about this. Would you say that parkour training when you're dealing with something that's breaking your jump is 50% mental and 50% physical? No, it's more. You think it's more mental than physical? Oh yeah. He was like 50, 50 and I was, and I couldn't, ar I couldn't argue cause I, I feel like Royal. he might kick me, but it's Danny Roy. He just might kick me Danny in the Royal. kneecap or something. Be like, it's no, 50 -50. I, I mean, <laughs> no. I, I would I like, joke, Danny. I would like to say that it's, it's way more mental because you should only be doing what you're physically capable of doing. So, like, I'm not going to go out right now and Ooh. do a 20-foot running jump. No, of course because not. Because I fucking can't jump 20 feet. But what's your, like, so, your, let's say my, I okay, like, I, like, okay, I can running jump 15 feet, 14 feet. That's within my physical limit. So then now, if it's within my physical limit, like I said, cold robot. Push yourself to the 16-foot. Go in increments. Yeah, you go push, in, You want yeah. to be able to push yourself outside yeah, your comfort zone limits, obviously. Go in, go in increments, but that's all mental game. Right. So, therefore... So, it's like a 70-30 or 80-20. You know, it's like a fucking way more mental yeah, it's battle way more mental. than it is physical battle. Therefore, if you want to manage your fear, you have to understand that it's a mind game. And if uh, you are dealing with a lot of noise in your head, we just gave you some tips on how to deal with that noise or quiet it or shut it off completely if you go through enough training. Now, these are for the people... Yeah, what's up? Really quick. Yeah. Another tip that's really awesome is visualization. Oh, dude, of course. Dude, no, fuck. you have to be like, like, okay. Oh, I, I, dude, that's many, so many, important. Many times what I've found out is after I went through like a cold robot, my process, and I've turned it all off and I'm ready to go, I will literally close my eyes and I will see myself yep. from, like, from like a first person point of view. And sometimes I've third even done person. the third person. I always do dope. third person first. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, how do I look from the back of my head with yeah, what I'm wearing? Or, the side. or from the side view. And I'll actually visualize myself putting my feet exactly where they have to go and landing exactly and even visualize myself how I will balance the precision and get the stick and how my hands will be. Right. And then yeah, literally yeah. when I go to perform it, I actually do it not even on purpose. It just happens like a subconscious thing. Right. Visualization is a ridiculously fucking amazing tool to do for processing your fear. Just what? literally visualizing yourself do the thing. It's stupid important. And the reason why I didn't bring it up is because I felt like it was, I'm sorry, but I felt like it was like, not, not sorry to you. Sorry to the people listening was common knowledge because like, if you can't see yourself do the jump, you shouldn't be even approaching in the first place. So true. that's why I thought like, it was like, ah, oh, like, but to be honest, the more we, the more tools we put into this segment, the better. Mm -hmm. So yes, visualization. I remember I was talking to somebody from Gup in Spain a couple of years ago. They were saying that they have to be able to visualize themselves doing the jump like a hundred times in oh, their head shit. before they commit. And that's why they're able to just, and that's why they're amazing because they have the white mind and that you have to, it's okay. Sorry for saying it's common knowledge. Cause if you, cause here's the thing, maybe there's somebody out there that's trying to do jumps that actually they didn't see themselves doing. That's no. bad. Okay. Don't do that. See yourself do the jump third and first person in your head 
multiple times before actually prepping it or committing for it because visualization is such a key thing in life in general. If you want to manifest your dreams, goals, achievements, whatever it is, you have to be able to visualize, visualize yourself doing it and the feeling that you get if you were to do it and how you'd, what you would have afterwards. I think they're trying to literally... Our, ho our homeboy's back here to just, just try to make noise with their freaking uh, lawnmowers? I think they're trying to mow down a forest behind your house when it's just... Well, there is a no, grass. It's just, I wish there was a forest. Okay, they're gone. They're gone. So basically, it's because we talked about them again. Uh, essentially, uh, the visualization tool is a big deal on top of everything that we just said. And once again, this is how we do it because a lot of things that Raul does, I also do as well. Uh, there's a more aggressive approach that I have on top of what Raul does, and that's making no fucking excuses. So if you're not tired, even though some people say, oh, I'm tired. No, you're not. If you're, if you're not hungry, if you, are, if you slept well, if you had a good meal and all these things, and you're saying, ah, oh, I don't want to do it because, like, the rail's, like, too green. Shut the fuck up. You can do it. If you're making excuses for yourself, it's because you don't want it that bad. If you want the jump that bad, there will be zero excuses. In fact, you would do it if you were tired or if you were hungry. You'd still do it anyway. So don't make up excuses. That plus visualization, very powerful. And everything that we said before is a great way to start approaching fear. There are other people that approach it differently. I remember I took a Mac, uh, Max Henry workshop in Miami Freeing in 2017 oh, with, yeah. uh, with, with Julio and he had a whiteboard and everything and the way he processed his fear was a little bit more, it was like more, not, not as emotional, slower paced, methodical. It was very yeah, logical as well. There was like a little di uh, diagram he had. So everyone has a different way of approaching fear. This is our input. If it helps you, hells yes. If you didn't, if, if, if not, then, you know, there's other athletes out there to look for it. For sure. But there is the visualization, the cold robot, white mind, where you're cl you're just drowning out the noise because parkour and life is a mind game. And then there's the whole aspect of defining your why. Life's just an egg, bro. And, oh, God, don't, don't, don't do this to me. <laughs> and then getting aggressive with it sometimes. Not all, not all of the time. Not aggression. Get assertive with that or, shit. Yeah, you know what? That's a better term. Assertive. Get assertive with it. Assert... Like, Assert your yeah. feelings. <laughs> There's a, there was one time I was trying to commit to a running precision, side flip precision. It was 10-foot running pre to a 10-foot side flip pre in Boca, and I was literally yelling out loud. That's not, a, that's not a good way to do it. I do not condone that, and I don't do that anymore to like get that angry and have to yell at myself that's out loud and commit. Though. That's, yes, that's emotion, a lot of emotion, but can... if you could contain that, that's better. But if you find yourself going, ah, fuck this side pre, fuck this, ah, and then running and doing it, nope. That's probably won't work that's not the greatest way to do it one on dial but yeah. i'd be like i'd be like i'm ready. yeah i was fine i dealt with my fear and i pushed myself but damn man like that's not the best way to do it keep that inside so yeah being assertive with it is very good no excuses if you start making excuses that you know are like tiny it's because you don't want it that bad period yep so i do i feel like we covered a lot on fear man that was really good yeah yes i think so now let's talk about how the fuck you've been training for so goddamn long and look amazing dude look at you maybe it's maybelline huh there's a lot of white hairs but under this dude i actually saw some white hairs on mine and i'm like there's no way i'm 23 how am i this stressed out i don't understand <laughs> it's not stress it's genetic man white hairs is genetic dude. i'm gonna cry after saying that. <laughs> no it's not don't cry because it's it, genetic I feel like, oh sorry i touched your toe again mm, like, i've had a stressful life but at the same time i don't think it's been that stressful compared to a lot of shit happening on the planet oh, of course yeah, yeah. i have a lot of white hairs so how about we break down longevity into three things which is maintaining your passion motivation and parkour uh nutrition Ooh. and then taking care of your body right Ooh. were yes. those the three things yes yeah so how do you with your uh knowledge from doing parkour for so long how do you maintain your motivation or passion or just drive or want to keep training parkour and just doing it? Um, I'd say that balance is really important. So like 
I've had the f- the fortune to be able to experience many different things in my life. Okay. Let's say uh, MMA. For a little couple years back in the day, day I used to drift, like you know, drifting, racing. Yeah. I got into cars and drifting, and so I put, and then you know that I've done also like you know I tried skateboarding and BMX and a lot of other different sports. So I have never put in like one thousand percent into one thing. I have tried to be. I see what a, you're saying. Like almost like I've tried to do like become a professional. I can hear that in my headphones. Oh my god! They're literally outside the window right now. You want? You, can can you do some MMA on them? I don't. I don't want to. Oh, that's right. Probably you are. Jail. You, you are a peaceful person. You have learned to how to fuck somebody up, but you will not choose it because you want to keep peace. But if you must use it, you will. And it'll be a severe ass whooping. Oh, it'll be fucking severe. If I have to defend someone, yes. right? But you'd rather not have or to defend. You'd myself. rather not to fight anybody. No, no, never, never. I'm not all about it. All that's about really cool. That but anyway, so maintaining yes, maintaining so your motivation and passion is because what you're saying is look for... I've, I've tried to maintain a, a healthy balance of like... Different things. Different things, yeah. So I've put my eggs in many baskets. I've, I've Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Like don't put a thousand percent into one fucking thing because then it's just like you get tired of it very fast. Too much of something is bad. So... Too much of something... it will kill you. Too much water will fucking kill you. Don't drink a lot of water. Like too much water. You could literally die of overhydration. Too much sunlight, you get cancer. Too much of something is a bad thing. Too much parkour will burn you out. Okay. You have to take breaks, step back. It's really important to figure out when to take when to take breaks and step back. If you feel mentally exhausted and tired and you don't feel like like almost like you don't want to progress. Maybe it's time to take a quick step back. Right. And, and being okay with that. And being okay with taking a step back. And, you know, the world will keep rotating. You know, you'll keep, you'll keep moving. And maybe you give yourself time for your body to maybe like heal something, heal an injury, pick up something else, pick up another like, you know, craft, maybe, maybe focus on your schoolwork if you're in school studies or whatever. But take a break and take a step back to then come back with a good grasp on your why you're doing parkour. So then then basically in order to get the most out of motivation, passion, drive to keep training parkour for the longest you can, the idea is to not hyper-focus and obsess over it because then you're going to burn out. Listen, if you obsess over something, that shit will, it will fuck you. <laughs> if, for too long. If you obsess over it for too long. If you obsess on a relationship, it will fuck you yep. and it won't work. If you obsess over something, it will break on you. Nothing lasts forever. And if you obsess over it, it'll Fucking won't work, man. So people who want to take parkour and free running seriously, they should also just look into diving other talents and skills that they may have in other things and dedicate yeah. their time to that so that yes. they can actually get the most out of their longevity in parkour as far yeah, as mentally man. goes. Yes, yes. That is really good insight. I agree with that. Uh, I tend to uh, obsess way too much for other reasons that we're not going to get to. <laughs> and um, that I, I've fallen victim of what you just said, of getting fucked up over obsessing over things and, and burning out and whatnot. So... Um, luckily my foundation belief system is very, very strong. Papa, so Papa Wim Hof, Papa Wim Hof. Um, so then the second thing is the one I really want to talk about and I am gladly to bring it up again, uh, essentially is nutrition and the types of products that you utilize in your life to get the most out of you. What okay. were you going to say? Okay. Right before nutrition though, another thing that has helped me train for so long is the constant progression that I'm seeing in fucking parkour long form <laughs> content like soul destroyer yeah dude. i'm wearing the soul destroyer shirt because it's fucking extremely comfortable and 
Yeah, it's, it's sick. so the print's good. dope. The print is dope, and you don't feel the print. No, like, no, it's he did that on purpose, and it's like it listen, looks. You guys so killed sick. the entire Soul Destroyer collection line. I have the shirt. They destroyed and I have it, the, and I have they destroyed. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> there it is. Um, I have the hat and I have the shirt, and it's really good quality gear, man. It's amazing. Um, pick up, pick up their shit. Also buy Sofo stuff because they got some cool stuff coming out. I got, I got their new shirt. Oh yes, <laughs> keep it, keep it quiet. It's not available. You might yet. see it in some clips that they've been sharing recently because they have been wearing them. Oh yes, that's right. Actually, anyways, so well, I fucked that one up, didn't I? Yep. Anyway, anyways, uh, <laughs> the skill level that you see from other people motivate yes, you to keep so going. So like, okay, the film that they just put out, Soul Destroyer, Modus Products put it out. Um, th there are combinations of movements in that in that film that I had never thought of or seen before. Right. Like. A, a really quick one. Fucking Marks does uh, a drop precision, grabs a pole to his left, goes around the pole, then he cartwheels on the wall and does a cartwheel on the wall. Then he side flips off the cartwheel. Just the cartwheel on the wall. I was like, yo, that was dope as fuck. Yeah, that was sick. Yeah, that was sick. And then he's now he's doing like on his on on Instagram in his clips, he's doing cartwheel precisions cartwheeling yeah, and then yeah, just yeah. hucking his feet straight forward like a, like a flip pre but yeah. then landing his feet forward on a pre I'm like that motivates me to keep going because the sport is progressing and there's really weird things being shown so as the sport progresses it just motivates me That's to keep going because I can explore more of what I'm capable of right. doing and just like how we saw last like night with, with Jump London, where oh yeah, saw, dude, we watched Jump London, where, and I also watched Jump Britain last night. I watched both because where, it was time to watch them again. But I love how you bring that up because we saw how Blue, uh, very very like Paul beginning Joseph, Blue, Storm, yeah, Storm Paul Storm Joseph, he did the Kong front to cat grab in the gym, and Sebastian Vukan was literally like, "That is not possible." He yeah. says it, "That is not possible," that and then he impossible. saw it happen, and then he did it. Yeah, Kirby did it, and he was like, "Yeah." That's the definition of what you just said, which is basically seeing the community do things that you didn't think so, and, then, and that motivates you to keep going. Yep. So the next thing for longevity to con continue training uh, for as long as you want um, is what you put in your body and what you utilize to take care of yourself. Raul, <laughs> for the past years I've known him, buys a bunch of products with brand names that I have never seen or heard of. <laughs> Every single time, without fail. I've never seen a repeated product ever. He's like, yo, have you tried this coconut milk? Nope. Didn't even know that existed. He's like, yeah, look, it's Einstein's head and his head is a coconut. How cool is that? It's over there at the table. Over there. I have never seen that before. And then the next time I'll see him, he'll be like, have you tried this coconut milk? And it's a completely different brand. And I'm like, what store do you go to? Like, he buys all of these very organic, clean products with these brand names that are not common on purpose because these are like healthy brands that do this on purpose. But why is it that you get these, you watch yeah. out for your food that you consume, what it does for your body, and why do you get these like obscure brand name products uh, from right. stores? So, okay, I'll say right now, before we get any word deeper into this, I am not a nutritionist. And I'm not, Fair. I'm not a, I don't have a degree in that shit. Uh, I, I have done a lot of research and I study it, but I'm not a nutritionist. Right. Okay. So right now, and I will say also this, do your own research, do your own study, Good whatever your, is that you're eating, do your own research. Don't take what I'm telling you as fucking fact. Don't do it. So I have spent my time to, you know, cause I would like to be doing this fucking parkour shit damn crap that it is parkour <laughs> fuck parkour fucking fuck. soul destroying shit <laughs> no I love parkour anyway so I want to be doing this stuff for as long as I possibly can uh, I'm 31 and I want to do this when I'm 71 that'd be fucking dope 
probably 71 doing parkour and I'll be jumping off some shit. Probably be breaking a hip, but I want to do it as long as I possibly can. Dude, maybe some other kids in their 20s will start a podcast and they call you Papa Raul and then just look up to you to do shit. <laughs> Papa Noodles. Papa Noodle. Oh my God, that's right. Because his ins- we're going to put Raul's information in the description of the po- uh, podcast, but his Instagram tag name is uh, ramen underscore noodles. Yeah, ramen. R-A-M-U-N. Because my name is Ra. Man. Moon. Knees. But now that we've explained Anyways. Anyways. Uh, yeah. So yeah. So I've always believed with especially with the new information like Papa Wim Hof's training, that the human body is a way, way more well-oiled machine than we thought. Uh, our minds are way stronger than we thought. We can control our autoimmune system to do things like fucking defeat diseases and stop inflammation right before it even starts happening. So our human bo- the bo- the human body is a I call it like a hypercar, like a fucking thirty-something million dollar hypercar. Like, it's insane. We still have no fucking idea, like, what half the shit in our fucking brain even does. Neurons, we still don't know. We're trying to figure it all out, which means there's a lot more going on. So our Snapple, I don't really even drink Snapple, but anyways, Snapple's Snapple's catchphrase, Snapple's like a tea tea company, put good in, get good out. Right. Okay, put good in, get good out. Listen to that shit right fucking there. Don't go and eat fucking McDonald's. Right. Do not eat Dude. fucking donuts yeah. and shit and ice cream and I mean I do eat ice cream but it's like dairy free and it's sugar like low sugar. But it's because yes. you look you research and you're like I oh how can I eat ice cream with so yeah so like what you put in your body will help you with your longevity to keep going for a long time. So I try to when I look for a product and it's something that I'm like interested in introducing into like my what I eat normally I will find out what its ingredients are and I'll read. The general rule is the least amount of shit that you can read on the list of ingredients, the better it is for you. If there are shit that you can't even fucking pronounce because it's got a lot of X's and Y's. Oh, and, I know what you're talking about. And H's. Yeah. You're just like, what is this, Russian? Yeah. Pasha, I need help. Hey. <laughs> Eric Mucho Pecho, I need help. Eric Mucho Pecho. Eric Mucho Pecho. That's what they call And then oh. Jesse, where is Jesse Laflemas? Laflemas. Hey, Cody de Medias. It's Eric Mucamechi. Dude, just speaking of Spanish, by the way, the athletes there, when they train, they'll go to a grocery store, they get like chocolate bars and eat that for training. Well, because Spanish chocolate's just, it's amazing. Well, no, no, it's just like candy, though. But I mean, granted, when I'm in Spain, I'm like on vacation, so I buy whatever the hell I want. But if their actual (laughs) training meals is like a sandwich with like chocolate. But for you, you buy products that have not those chemicals because what do you look for? Chocolate's been known to do a lot of actually amazing things, too. Yeah, dark chocolate, but not like fucking Oreo filled candy bars. (laughs) You know what I'm trying to say? Yes, yes. Um, What you look for, what ingredients? I just look for simple things, man. Like like straight from the source, man. Eat a fucking avocado because it's just... Avocado. Avocado. What are the ingredients in avocado, Raul? Uh, green. <laughs> and <laughs> then also, it's yeah. avo and then cado. It's avocado. Uh, what they don't tell you is it's also green, yellow, there's brown, there's seed. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> and delicious. And delicious. No, but like, okay, simple things, man. Like water. Done. Coconut water. Done comes out of a fucking coconut uh, uh avocado vegetables it's just the vegetable done like n- essentially the rule of thumb is like non-processed foods don't eat it that have a lot of fucking ingredients in them um eat straight from the source like you know veggies things now listen vegetarianism veganism you eat meat you eat fish whatever works for you do it i don't i'm not telling you to be fucking vegan or vegetarian listen do whatever the fuck you want to do whatever you want to eat eat it just make sure that 
it's healthy that you that you cooked it right, that you did the right stuff, that it comes from the right source. Don't eat fucking McDonald's burgers because that meat is. It's, it's I don't not, even know it's not it's fucking meat. meat. So if you're gonna eat meat, dude, like okay, Joe Rogan eats fucking elk, bro. He goes out and he hunts elk and he eats elk, dude. That's like really straight from the source. Yeah. Eat from the source. Eat good because when you put good in, you could get good out. Eat like an athlete, like a professional athlete, like. That will make sure that you can perform at your highest level for the longest amount of time. So take the nutrition seriously. Take nutrition seriously. If you want to get longevity out of it, I've been, I've been doing this for a long time, and I eat as best as I can so that my ligaments, my tendons, my ligaments, my joints, my bones, the right amount of calcium from the right sources. Right. Uh, I make sure I, all those things are fine so that I can keep doing this thing. So the reason why I make a joke out of how these products that you buy, I don't even know where the hell you get oh, all these brand names. It's because. Yeah. You get those things because they have the fewest list of, list of ingredients because it's as close to the source as possible. Right. It's like a healthy mixture of ingredients you can read. Yeah. And That's why you get them. Yeah. And 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 I know that it sounds expensive because nine times out of ten, it can be expensive. But there's that one time out of ten, like myself, where I can you can make it work for not a lot of money. I'm not going out buying like fucking amazingly expensive, fucking organic whole like, food products like like. I mean, I shop at Whole Foods, but I, I make sure that I'm not like fucking breaking my bank account with these extremely expensive products. Right. No. Do I'm your research. Just, I'm doing my research and I'm looking at all my options and I'm getting like decently priced shit for like the best amount of stuff. Like I, I, won't, I won't get super deep into it, but I use a soap that lit- <laughs> I use a soap. Okay. I know it's like, what, uh, what the fuck is talking about soap now? What am I listening to? I use a soap that can be used for everything. It's extremely healthy for you. The list of ingredients is very small. And the soap can be, it tells you to dilute it. It tells you, if you want to use it for this, just add a little bit of water and dilute it a little bit. This one bottle, 12 bucks, and it lasts me three bottles. I make one out of three. It lasts me like seven months. Hey, I used this soap one time when I was at his place showering during the SoFlo movement tour. Hey, you know how your mouth feels after you chew five gum? That's how your skin feels after you take a shower very with this pepper- soap. You feel very clean. I feel like an pepper- actual pepper- peppermint. I was peppermint. like, I guess I'm going to the North Pole now because Santa Claus is going to meet me around the corner. Cold. Dude, it looks, it feels insane. Not lo- it also looks insane. It's like gritty too. But anyway, you find these high, these, these products on purpose because you are trying to get the most out of yourself. Whatever you put in, you put out. So that means you're probably a high believer in the whole saying of treat your body like a temple. Your body's like a temple. Yeah, dude. You are a huge believer in that. Oh yeah. Because it's true and mm-hmm. it's shown to work. Mm-hmm. If you want to, if you want to train for longer, boom. And then also on top of that from nutrition supplements. What about that? So supplements is a tricky thing because, um, I have a lot of close friends who are like professional athletes who don't take any supplements at all. They, they, they just, their, their body is really properly balanced to, in order to absorb all genetic the nutrients. Freaks. They are genetic freaks. They're part, they're, 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 they're able to take all the nutrients out of food in order to, you know, fuel their bodies and they can absorb, you know, like all the nutrients. It's really hard to get your body to be able to absorb all of the nutrients that are are in the foods that we're eating. It's very hard to do that. Right. Um, but there are some of us who know who can do that. Mm-hmm. Now, supplements can be a very beneficial thing. Um, if you're not getting enough of iron in your food and you have a slight iron deficiency, you you could like <laughs> chicks with iron deficiency be like, I know of a I know of a spot, and then proceed to pass out (laughs) 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 oh shit so like so like iron deficiency if you're not getting enough iron from your food like what you're eating or your body just can't 
pull the iron from the food that you're eating, you could take iron pills, you know, that like kind of like a supplement that will supplement your need for iron because you need that. So I do believe in supplements. Just do the research on what supplement is, Mm -hmm. what goes into the supplement like that you're taking, like what other ingredients are there. And then, yeah, like do it. Well, that's very insightful. Like I'm taking, I'm taking fucking hell yeah, dude. I'm taking Alpha Brain right now, which is by is Joe Rogan's brand. Alpha Brain is by uh, um, On It, which is uh, Joe Rogan's brand. Joe Rogan runs the Joe Rogan podcast, Joe Rogan Experience. He his brand has a has a fucking nootropics like cognitive enhancing product called Alpha Brain. That uh, dude, this shit's fucking amazing. It's got like double blind, placebo controlled study where it just increases memory and focus and that's all that they preach that it does and that is exactly what it does dope ass supplements like that are like that's yes. something you should look into Do uh, guys for longevity when yes. you, when the time comes because you don't need it now nope. um and then the last thing is taking care of your body through flexibility mobility and being on a parkour lifting program don't get into detail about parkour lifting program and stuff because that's for a different podcast but yep. like yes or no necessary yes one thousand percent because the strength that um supports your ligaments and tendons is very much required to keep on going you can't expect your body to just take care of itself without any excess training to continue your training and parkour for the long run correct yes i mean one thousand percent yes you need to have the body needs a couple different things muscular endurance you need to be able to push for a long time muscular strength um but also not just muscular like ligaments tendons you need to have just you need to be able to produce strength um you need to also be able to have flexibility um, and then you also need to have like cardiovascular health. You need to right. have the ability to, for your heart to keep going and your lungs to keep fucking being able to pump in air. And you need to be able to have that endurance, uh, like cardiovascular endurance. Now, what the thing about it is, is um, I'm a very firm believer also that there's no fucking point in being flexible for the sake of being flexible. Yeah, you can do a split. Awesome. Can you fucking... Okay, strength is nothing without flexibility and flexibility is nothing without strength. That's it. You Damn. can do a split, fucking awesome. I'm happy for you. Damn. But now can you do a split and also be able to support yourself or yourself with a little bit of weight in that split? Can you lift your leg up here and now hold it there without yourself holding it with your hands? That's being able to perform a bit of capacity, a bit of strength in that range of motion. That's what's needed for being able to progress in any movement sport is not just fucking being able to turn yourself into a fucking pretzel. No. Bullshit. It's strength and flexibility and flexibility with strength. That's it. Of course, also you need to have endurance and you need to have cardiovascular health. Right. So freaking get your cardio up, start picking up some weights and start freaking stretching. Stretching with the weights and being able to like figure out, you know, get yourself in positions and see if you can push yourself a little bit in those positions. Because not only will that increase your flexibility because it will actually make you more flexible, but you'll also then gain strength. And then you won't be a fucking liability to yourself. You won't be like, I fell in a, I, I fell and now I can't hold my body up. I thought you were going to do the life alert thing. I fall and, and I, I can't, can't get, get up. up. The battery's dead. Anyway, so you're so like, yeah. yeah. Um, case an example, you can, you, you can't slowly go down in a back and like a like a bridge like you can't bend down into a bridge that means you don't have the flexibility maybe in your back you might be really fucking strong but you don't have the flexibility to drop into a bridge you might be extremely flexible and your back can snap to 90 degrees but you can't slowly go down eccentric motion into a bridge so you have no strength to support that fucking bridge you're a liability to yourself so find a balance strength and flexibility both 
So you're telling me in order to get the most out of your parkour training and do it for the long run, number one, y'all need to make sure that you're not over focusing and obsessing on parkour to where you burn out. You want to avoid burning out because your motivation, passion, and drive is what pushes you. You want to be able to invest your time and energy into other things in life and indulge in that and then make sure to know when to take breaks if you're feeling yourself burning out so you can avoid that long run, right? That's number one. Number two is knowing what you're putting in your body so you can get good stuff out. So doing your own research on nutrition, what works for your body, what type of foods work best for your performance, and then also the products that you use uh, for your self-care, and yeah, and also looking into the ingredients for the foods, right? If you can read the ingredients, you're good to go. Supplementing, right? I take collagen peptides for my ligaments and tendons. I have some uh, performance um, powder. It's called Power Drive protein shakes. I take magnesium and vitamin C. There's these supplements that you can take as well to increase the performance of your body and health in general, whether you're performing or not. And then the third thing you're saying in order to increase longevity is to pick up a parkour lifting program, stretch and work on mobility. And the third thing was, uh, what was the third thing? It was stretching mobility and then just lifting. Well, okay. Strength, right? Flexibility, which are two and two of the same. We need to be strong and flexible and flexible and strong. Okay. You need also endurance, muscular endurance. That's what I wanted. Yeah, you need what your say. body to be able to push. Cardio. You can't, you can't just do like one push up and like your gas. No, you, you right. can perform for long periods of time, which is like muscular endurance. And then you need to have cardiovascular. You need to have a strong heart. Yeah. Bro. That's the fucking engine of the whole and thing. You can safely say that you do all these three and that's how you've been training for so long and Yo, continue to train. My cardio is slacking. I need to work on that. Yeah. But <laughs> in order to try in order to train for as long as you have, you've done all these three yeah. and you plan on continuing to do oh, it. Oh yeah. I mean, it also helped having like a, like a solid, like professional, like combat background, like MMA to be able, cause you, you go through serious, intense cycles of like cardio health. You need right. to be able to last 25 fucking minutes in a fight, like five, five right. minute rounds. That's all your body pushing and pushing yeah. and pushing and pushing and pushing and your heart just pushing and pushing and pushing. So I've taken that knowledge and applied it to parkour and I'm like, hey, I need to be able to keep going yeah, for long periods of time in order if I can do this when I'm 70. Yeah. Damn, yeah. that's sick. So I just keep going and keep going and keep going. Man, I we've covered, we've covered how you started parkour, your age and training time, um, your involvement in the Florida community and how it's evolved. We've gone over Cork Boy. We did that hip hop message. We went over fear, which I believe you did a, lo- a really good job on analyzing it. We did. We really did break it down. You uh, enlightened us in your um, history and MMA and how that translated to parkour. And we went over longevity. Is there anything else you might want to add? Or I don't know, man. Oh, get get a foam roller that helps with your with your body. Hyperice.com. They have vibrating oh, shit, foam rollers. I was not expecting that. <laughs> what? What? No, I mean, I wasn't expecting you to do that. <laughs> Neither did I. I just, I heard you say foam roller and I was like, yeah. Add. Yeah. Hyperice makes these like vibrating foam rollers that are pretty freaking yeah. dope. Vibration like helps break apart stuff. Like, uh, like I had bad knees for a while back in like 2014, 2015. I had bad patella tendonitis, man. My fucking patella tendons were like shot. Bad jumper's knee. And I found out like, okay, my quads were overly tight. I had an imbalance of strength between my quad and my hamstring. Pulling too tight, my hip was like a little bit. So foam rolling, like and getting out all the tightness and knots in my in my quads and my IT bands was able to like, you know, loosen them up. Then I was able to like, after loosening them up, build the strength. And then I completely turned off all patella tendonitis pain. I haven't had jumpers knee pain since like 2015. By warming up properly. Which I yeah, feel like is dude. the last component for longevity. Warm up listen, properly, you fucks. Listen, I started warming up extremely properly about a year and a half ago, two Dude years Andres, ago. Same. Due to Andres Luzardo, our good friend out of Miami, Florida, who does like strength programming. He does my programming. 
programming for him. He does programming for Max Henry, Christian Dietrich. A lot of professional athletes take his programming structure to like build, you know, all those components I was talking about, strength, endurance, flexibility, yep. cardiovascular health. Um, yeah, I found out, I found my, I found like my perfect warm-up routine where after I've done my warm-up routine, which takes about 15, 20 minutes, I don't give a fuck. It takes a long time. I'm not in no fucking hurry to train when I'm out training. Listen, right. I want to warm up properly so I can perform at my best. And it works. And it fucking works, it man. It works, it, dude. Like, it's like, it's an involvement of like warming up my heart, warming up my muscles, warming central up my system. flexibility, my central nervous system, getting my mobility perfect, and then it's like done. Done. Fi- go. Don't just jump into training and go. That dude, works don't when, fucking do that, That guys. works when you're 10, 11, 12, 13, like for a short amount of time when your body's like, fresh yeah but then once you've been doing it for a while dude if you don't fucking warm up you're gonna break yourself and then there goes longevity yeah and there goes longevity so invest in warming up properly softballs foam rollers uh massage guns hyperice.com by the way go to hyperice.com to get a massage gun and the vibrating foam roller um lacrosse ball a hip sling that uh activates the central nervous system all these things are very important lacrosse ball for your calves and your uh plantar fascia uh softball for your glute medius and your glute uh foam roller for your quads and hamstrings uh and everything else dude Invest in warming up. Yeah. I think we got everything. That's a good amount of shit. Well, all right, Rebels. That's all for today's task. To know when the next one is, check your at Rebel Updates on Instagram. Spread the word of the hideout to others who you think can join this movement by sharing this any way you can. Show your hosts some extra love by liking, commenting, and rating this. And to show even extra, extra love, because I just fucked up the monologue, write a review, please. <laughs> I want to see when you're able to like memorize this. Eventually. The intro and the outro. Yeah. Like, memorize. Eventually. Just, like, just be like, up closed. All right, Rebels. Yeah, I, I will eventually. I mean, I've only done it seven times. So. Yeah, true. It's pretty new. The show notes to this episode are in the description if you're watching on YouTube. If you guys get lost along the way, don't hesitate to email us with questions or nudes at the hideout at soflowmvmnt.com. Check out soflowmvmnt.com for merch and more, plus follow our other profiles here to stay up to date with whatever we are doing. Here. Rebels of the Cause, signing up. Transmission complete. That is all today, Rebels. Report back to the hideout next week for your new task. Over and out.